I don't think I've ever seen as much of an atrocity of a race weekend as I did this past weekend. We're going to be talking about the cup race at Watkins Glen. We're going to talk about the Xfinity race. We're going to talk about the truck race. We're going to talk about Nashville. And we're going to set the truck series playoff picture. We've got an interview with Brooke Storer. And we also have uh, some more things to talk about. And unfortunately, we also lost Bob Jenkins this weekend. And we also celebrated the 30th anniversary of J.D. McDuffie's passing. That wasn't a good thing, but we can still honor J.D. McDuffie. And there's a lot more things that happened this week that I'm pretty sure Mary has covered. So, also, we discussed the name change. So, keep it right here on the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast. Out of three and four, this win's going to punch his ticket to the championship four. Gordon wins at Martinsville. And now it's all Johnny Benson working his way out of turn number four. Benson is going to win at Martinsville. Welcome, everybody, to the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast. I am your host, Alex Wood. Alongside me is Ultimate 23 Dragon, a.k.a. Mary, which I said that the other way around. Caitlin has unfortunately resigned from the company, um, but she's welcome back anytime. In the event she does come back, her role is changing. I'm just saying, uh, but for <laughs> some reason, I don't, I don't even know why. Well, I will say the podcast would get way more interesting if Caitlin was here. Uh, we are going to, uh, so on tap today, we've got an interview with Brooke Storer. We've got to talk about the passing of Bob Jenkins. We're, pa- we're talking about the atrocity of Watkins Glen, with the exception of Chase Elliott finishing second. Uh, we're going to be talking <laughs> about uh, some things we're angry about this week, which is West Michigan drivers. Um, if you thought Grand Rapids was bad, <laughs> Mary, uh, you have not seen the St. Joe Benton Harbor area. Um, all you got to do is just take I've a nice... I've been through the eastern portion of Michigan. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're very horrible. Uh, anyways, yeah. uh, the first, it's time for the Hot Laps, which is presented by Lionel Racing. Get your diecast at lionelracing.com, any licensed Lionel Racing dealer, and also at Circle B Diecast and Plan B Sales. My diecast, throwback to episode 24, where we discussed the 2002 Pepsi 400, The car that should have finished second, everyone is mad that it didn't go to victory lane. It ended up finishing sixth because he pulled, because this driver pulled a dumb move on his teammate, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s 2002 MLB All-Star Game car, which is my all-time favorite. Oh, no, it wasn't Junior's fault. It was the other beer cars. No, it was Junior's fault. The reason the fans were mad were because, no, the reason the fans were mad was you said Junior didn't win. And Junior, That's one of, there are three reasons why fans were mad. Number one, Junior didn't win. Number two, yes. the Ryan Newman crash controversy. And number three, Mikey is your driver. Oh, we'll get to something that nearly happened that mimicked that later on. <laughs> Anyways, but yes, this is my all-time favorite Dale Earnhardt Jr. paint scheme. I know y'all's are talking about the 2001 version. Everyone loves the 2001 version. Oh, 2001. Oh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Wayne to Pepsi 400. Five months after losing his dad. Okay, you got to look at that car. That is a plain white car. 
okay? This one's got a lot more I think going the reason people like it is because it's different from traditional junior cars, which are primarily red. And uh, the deck lid opens and the hood opens. And here's <laughs> the thing I wanted, I thought back when thinking about when going through my diecast, because I wanted to pick a Dale Jr. diecast for this week. Because uh, we're thinking, I've thought about having Will Cronkite on the podcast. If you guys don't know who Will Cronkite is, he is the guy, if you've seen the Dale Earnhardt story, the ESPN movie, you will know when Dale made his first, when Dale Sr. Uh, made his very first start, uh, well, he made that start in the 1978, 600, he was driving a car for Humpy Wheeler, but it was actually owned by Will Cronkite, and he's the one that built the car. And he also built all the cars for the movie Stroke Race, which sucks balls. I don't like that movie at all. Um, what's your diecast? Oh, yeah. Oh, but oh, but what I was saying about Junior. All of his sponsors when he was driving for DEI were Budweiser. All of Mikey's were Napa. All of Park's were Pennzoil. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Well, yeah. They ran alternate versions of it, like Mikey's Stars and Stripes car. The 2002 one was the best. Although you could make... However, the 2005 one was really good. I also like the 2004 one. Like Mikey's Stars and Stripes cars are the best patriotic cars I've ever seen in my life in NASCAR. Jeff Gordon's 2010 pep Peppermint Flames car... like. The flames ruin it. You, you'll know why I call them peppermint flames. Uh, <laughs> because of the flames on the car, they're they're white and red, and they look like peppermint. But anyway, what's uh, your diecast this week, Mary? Well, I threw my roommate's collection once again. I found one that I thought was uh, pretty easy. It's one of his grandest treasures. This is a 164 diecast for a driver that uh, you know pretty well. Oh man, I got I got an Adam Petty diecast too. Where is? I know where it is. <laughs> yeah, years ago he had one in the box, but he got lost. So this, ooh, that's a good one too. So uh, years later, at a flea market, he had found the diecast for like two bucks. He snatched that, snatched it right off the bat. Yeah, the car that my Adam Petty car is the 2000 Sprint PCS car. I don't know if it's the Bush car or if it's the Winston Cup car because there's no rookie stripes on it, but there's also, uh, but there's also no logo uh, telling me which series it is. So I'm just gonna assume it's the Bush car. Um, anyways, uh, I do want to make one uh, piece of note here. This junior diecast is ultra common. This is how many were made. 103,152. I am not making that up. That's an interesting number. You go on eBay to find this diecast. Hang on a second. All right. Snapchat. No. Oh. 
<laughs> ah, damn Snapchat. Uh -huh. All right, let's actually take a look at how much this car goes for. Thirty. The max I see it is thirty dollars so far. Thirty-five dollars. That's the one sixty-four. That's a little bit more rare. That's the elite. So. That's a little bit more detailed. <laughs> yeah, thirty-five dollars is the max I've seen it. Two thousand one, however, the cheapest I see that fifty-five, forty-five dollars, but that's on a bid, or that they're auctioning that one. Oh, well, that's. Oh, anyways. Um. Yes. Cup at Watkins Glen. Kyle Larson takes the win. Chase Elliott finishes second, and Brad Kesel and Brad Keseluzer finishes thirty fifth. All because of Joey Logano. Brad was dealt the dirty hand at Watkins Glen once again. Well, Brad had brake troubles the entire time. He spun out of the lead and then just snowballed from there. And I laughed my head off after that. I honestly thought it was Logano's fault. Now. We'll get to the Larson Bell controversy in just a second. Don't worry, your little purdy heads on that. We'll get to that. Don't bitch at us. We'll get to that in just a second. But for Chase Elliott to start last, work his way up to the front and yeah. finish second, if he wasn't dealing with lap traffic, he would have won that damn race. Because think about back to think back to what Johnny Benson said on Pub Table Racers, uh, the championship episode. You start in the rear, you're not going to run the same line you normally would run, which that often, which starting in the back is not always a bad thing. True. I mean, look at what Johnny did to win Rockingham. He'd know the best. And plus, he was always in the right place at the right time, but we're not getting right, distracted yeah. by Johnny this time. I'm just using him as an example. <laughs> I'm not saying, oh my gosh, we'll just ramble into something about Johnny. But no. Um, the, um, next thing I want to talk about, Larson and Bell, the, I was listening to a video on NASCAR's YouTube channel where he said, where Kyle Larson said, Christopher Bell's not willing to talk about what happened. Larson did try to reach out, unlike another driver, uh, who never reaches out, Ricky, Sp Ricky Spinhouse. Um, you know, I think he should have. We'll talk about the trial bitch Recky Spinhouse incident um, a little bit later, if uh, for my view of it. But uh, moving on. For, by the way, can y'all hear me good? Better than normal, I would say, because I bought this headset. Um. I went out, I bought this headset, and uh, hopefully the podcast sounds better. Does it sound better, Mary? A little bit. But can you hear me better? I say it's about the same. Okay, I'm, I'm going to need to get... I do want to get a microphone set up and shit, but... Um, <laughs> I did listen to the That's intro where I, where I used the headset, and uh, it sounded better. Of course, I'm listening through one speaker. It may be two. perspective, though. What? Yeah. It may be perspective. Okay. Um. So, 
Larson did try reaching out to Christopher Bell, so props there. Uh, but Bell doesn't want to talk. And honestly, it's not 100% Larson's fault. If you watch that, and of course they did play that for an entire lap, and we had to miss an entire lap of racing. Fuck you, NBC. Because Larson. Because, well, NBC still world's better than Fox. Um, and NBC actually. Oh, yeah, Fox will shut it for the rest of the race. NBC actually cares about their NASCAR. But anyway, that wasn't 100% Larson's fault. Bell was in the wrong there, too. Bell did not get out of the way. It looked like he knew Larson was coming, and then Bell just wants to blame it on Larson. Moving on. Uh, if you want to <laughs> move on. Oh, yeah, we can move on. Uh, Xfinity won by Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs is now hit, has won for the third time in 10 starts. And I wonder why that is. It's almost like he's the priority of the team. Like, we, we've kind of known this by now. It, it's funny. Whenever Austin Cindric win, wins in a Penske car, all I see in the comments is nepotism, nepotism, nepotism. They do realize that Ty Gibbs is literally the grandson of Joe Gibbs, right? They do know this, right? I think they do. So, I mean, I know that, but the but the kids got talent. <laughs> Go back to what Eric Eastep said earlier this week. Is Ty <laughs> Gibbs the best thing since sliced bread? No. Then listen to the NASCAR Weekly podcast from this week. Oh, I'm about to piss off the Gen X fans. This is Jarrett talking. Uh, yeah, I, I watched that. I'm going to piss off the Boomer fans. Best thing since Earnhardt. Piss no, off if it's Gilliam Boomer, it's going to be Patty, not Earnhardt. <laughs> piss off Darian Gilliam supporters. Best thing since Kyle Busch. Speaking of which, Darian Gilliam will be on hopefully next week. So it'll oh, be Darian be Gilliam part two. Um, Darian and I, we're going to catch up with Darian. We're going to see what Darian's got coming up the rest of 2021 and leading into 2022. We're going to talk about his Indianapolis experience. And we're also going to, and the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast might be collaborating with Black Flags Matter on a video. You can imagine what the topic will be about if both Mary and I will be in that video. Hmm. Mary knows what the topic is. If you wa- if you go back and watch <laughs> a certain a video idea. about Steve Park or watch his most recent video about Danica Patrick, you will know the series and you can and Mary's a hint as to who the driver would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and I have an idea of how we could do it, but I still want to give Darian some time because we'll explain it later. But um <laughs> Ty Gibbs has won for the third time in 10 starts. That's that, 30% of his races. Yes. When was the last time you – and he, keep in mind, he is the same age as Carson Hosevar. He's the same age as Chandler Smith. And he's the same age as me. Let's, let's put this into perspective. Chandler Smith and Carson Hosevar made the playoffs in the truck series and don't have any wins. I'm not even in, I'm not, I haven't even made it to the top three echelons of NASCAR yet. And Ty Gibbs has won 
three races on three very different tracks in the Xfinity Series. He won the Daytona Road Course in his debut. He That's won at Charlotte on the on the day of our Berlin trip, and he won this. And he won a week from the time that he's going out. He is my pick to win the Xfinity race this weekend. Oh, by the way, I propose this. Caitlin, Mary, and I will all be playing in the playoffs. It starts in the playoffs for the Pastimes Playoff Championship. Now, we have the 16 playoff drivers. We have the playoff drivers in each series. We don't know who's going to... I have an idea of who's going to be in the Cup Series playoffs, and I don't, and I don't know who's going to be in the Xfinity Series playoffs. But the Truck Series will begin, I think, at Michigan, and you get points based off wins and drivers who get eliminated and finishes and all that other shit. If a driver you pick wins the race, you get a hundred points. If a driver you pick finishes second, you get seventy-five. If they finish, or no, fifty. If they finish third, you get 25. If they, do, but you also get finish it. But let's say, but that is the bonus. If they finish first out of 40 cars, you get 40 points. If they finish last out of 40 cars, you get one point. If they get a podium, which there aren't podiums in NASCAR, but top three. What? A podium is a top three. I know what a podium is. I watch IndyCar too. <laughs> what? Like, well, you know I watch IndyCar. It's a known yeah. fact I watch IndyCar. We're going to cover IndyCar when we get to it. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I'm staying out of that. Hey, at least I'm glad a Ganassi driver won and my driver finished second, so... Hey, both my guys finished second this week. I'm happy. And, it, and they both drive number nine. So, Mary hates one of my guys. She likes the other. You can imagine which one she hates and which one she likes. Anyways, hey, but both my top two guys <laughs> in IndyCar were teammates for three years. Out. It was yeah. three years. Well, Yeah, it was three years. 2006, 2007, And then Frank Keaty comes in and steals Weldon's ride. He hey. literally did. Hey, Dario, I'm going to give you a ride in NASCAR. Oh, you sucked at NASCAR. You want to come back to Indy? See you, Dad. Go on your own. Go join Panther. Huh? Yeah. Which Weldon did, per did fairly well at Panther. I don't remember. I think he won at Panther a couple times. No, he didn't. Try to remember. Yeah, my memory does not serve me right. It's my indie memory is not as good as my NASCAR memory. But however, I do remember October sixteenth, two thousand eleven, which we're coming up on ten years on. I can't believe it. That's only because I that was my birthday, and I remember all the shit that I was doing that day. And Mary remembers it as well. But anyway, moving on. Um, uh, uh, Xfinity. Uh, Ty Gibbs won. I think Ty. Now, how much you want? How much you want to bet Ty Gibbs? Uh, but back to what I'm saying about the playoffs. Uh, and at the end of each, now whoever has the most points at the end of now, you have to pick the, your champion 
and you have to pick your favorite driver. You automatically you get two picks, your favorite driver and your championship pick. Like my championship pick, for example, I'm going to say it right now. It's likely to change, but if the playoffs were to start right now after Watkins Glen, my championship pick would be Kyle Larson, no, no, no doubt. And I and I want to get to Larson after I want to get to um, Larson during the rambling segment because there are some things we need to discuss about Larson that you said in a previous podcast. Oh, but uh, anyways, my my favorite driver is Chase Elliott. My pick for the championship would be Kyle Larson, no doubt. Your favorite driver is Brad Keselowski. Your pick for the championship, I'm going to just say, let's say it's Denny Hamster, which it probably isn't because he sucks. No. <laughs> He's more deserving of the 2019 championship than Bitch, but Bitch True. is a Mickey cha- Now, you want to see a Mickey champion? Cryo uh, yeah. Bitch is a Mickey champion. Yeah. Misses 11 <laughs> races in 2015, close. wins a championship. The proper champion that year should either be Kevin Harvick or Jeff Gordon. Not because Jeff is my driver, and Harvick, I think it would be more fair for me to say Harvick because Harvick's a mega baddie. Maybe Truex. You could make a you could make a fair case for Truex. Is Martin Truex Jr. a Mickey champion, Mary? No! He dominated 2017. And here's... 2017 is the reason that uh, Homestead is the best place for the championship. Here you have Martin Truex Jr., MTJ, T-Rex, as Michael, as, uh, Michael Mertz would call it. Right. He wins seven races, six of them being on mile-and-a-half tracks. And all the mile-and-a-half tracks are pretty much the same. Kansas and Chicagoland are pretty much the same. Kentucky's its own thing. Atlanta he didn't win at. Charlotte he did win at. He's never won at Texas. I do want to say I think he will get a win. I think he will get a win at three tracks by the time by 2024. Texas, Atlanta, and Bristol. You could make a case for Michigan since he's won at California, but oh, it's not called California anymore. I still call it California. I have one of those shirts that says I still call it IRP. <laughs> I want to see that. Oh, you'll see it sometime. See? I don't know. I got According it this past the... weekend. Because mm. remember, According I wasn't at Berlin. To... Yeah, according to what I see, the proper champion for 2015 would have been Harvick. Although there's an argument for Logano because he would have been only 22 back and Kenseth. I could see that. But Kenseth got suspended for two races. Hypocritical Yahoo. Hey. Well, he is. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. No. <laughs> Why would you be a hypocritical Yahoo? Well, I was, I'm raised by a hypocritical Yahoo. My mother. <laughs> um, That's not where I thought that was going to go. I'm ra- I was <laughs> anyway. raised by... Anyway. Uh, okay. But anyways, uh, where are we at now? Yeah. Um, uh, trucks. Austin McHill won that race. Of course, it was because of weather. No, it's because of NASCAR's 
stupidity, because here's what happened. So there was a lightning delay, the lightning clock thing, right? We were just getting to the end of it, and oops, we got to put on the Xfinity race. Let's call the race right now, because Austin Neal. Ah! The Xfinity <laughs> race, I think the timing was terrible for that one. So Exactly! But our playoff grid... Our playoff grid for the NASCAR. Our playoff grid for the NASCAR Campy World Truck Series. I'm pulling it up right now because the damn NASCAR app is so fucking slow. I'll <laughs> uh, Bluetooth access. Um, let's take a look at our truck series standings. John Hernemichek, Austin Hill, Ben Rose, Todd Gillen, Sheldon Creed, Zane Smith, Matt Crafton, Carson Hosevar, and Stuart Friesen are in the are in the hunt for the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. My champion for the truck series is John Hunter Nemechek. That's Mine my too. Pick. Okay. The, our points would be split in half for him then. Okay, I can see that. My truck series driver is Todd Gilliland. If you guys didn't know, my favorite truck series driver is Todd Gilliland, not Carson Hosevar. That's Mary's truck driver. <laughs> But um, so I would get so I'm going for point half points with John Hernemichek and full points with Todd Gill and Mary is going for full points with Carson Hosevar and half points with John Hernemichek. Um, uh, other than Austin Hill being a Mickey winner this weekend, I think the truck race is a fairly decent race. Uh, Johnny Sauter finished twenty fifth. 23rd, 23rd, and Carson Hosevar He, he did finish 10th. 24th, but Chandler Smith got disqualified. And that should have knocked Chandler Smith out of the playoffs right there. I'm just saying. Now, here's now we've got two rookies in the Truck Series playoffs. For the first round, I think Chandler Smith and Stuart Friesen will be knocked out. If, if Chandler Smith is knocked out in the first round, Carson Hosevar automatically wins Rookie of the Year. Likewise, if Carson Hosevar is eliminated from the playoffs in the first round, which he won't be because he drives for Nice, and he's the top priority at Nice, unfortunately. Yes. And that's a very unfortunate thing because you have drivers with, I would say, if you've got a driver like Ryan Truex, who's running better, than, who I think could be running better than Carson. However, Josevar has more talent. <laughs> and you're talking to someone who knows that firsthand! <laughs> We'll get to some stuff later. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard. But something funny did happen. What do you mean you've heard? I've heard you have some questions for me. The, well, yeah. But that's to for later. shut all of you DMing me and the podcast up. <laughs> Let's see. I, I swear my phone just went off and had another. Ooh. Ooh. What happened? Yes. A diecast you like for sale? A diecast I like got released. <laughs> got released? Bubba Wallace's DoorDash car. Oh. Okay. That's a nice paint scheme. However, I prefer it the is. Columbia car. I, here's what I like about the DoorDash car. I'm not a Bulls fan by any means. Yeah, My really. team is on 
the other side of Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. more clo- closer to Lake Erie. It's on the coast of Lake Erie. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know that, you're stupid. Um, I actually met one person from Maine who didn't know where Michigan is. Michigan's the mitten, and this is where I live. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. That that was perfect. Oh, my God. They're throwing dog You need to listen to it. SNL Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Absolutely hilarious. They only got one thing wrong. It was accurate, and I thought, do I really speak that way? Honestly, do I? I, I re- they got the they did they exaggerated the accent. They got the vowels right. So much <laughs> of it was right that I just I liked it so much. I was not. I usually cringe when it's wrong, and it was right that time. But I was like, do I really speak that way? And apparently I do. Because I always ask people, can't you hear the accent? They're like, yeah. Well, listen to Johnny Benson talk. <laughs> Eric Jones doesn't have an accent. Brad Keselowski talks like a redneck hillbilly. Moving on, Carson Hosevar has kind of an accent. <laughs> I, I don't think I told Caitlin this. But when I was little, I always thought Johnny Benson was the only driver who talked normal. And that's because he him his accent, his dialect is the same as mine. Yeah. <laughs> I do not say like listen, my past tense for said is says. Mm-hmm. It's just how I've I've always said it. I didn't know that other people said didn't say that. I've always I'm like I, I just it's like second nature to me like Johnny is second nature hmm. I've always thought he was normal well he is <laughs> hey, so is Jeff so is Junior like the only abnormal driver I can think of is Boosh and Bitch of course they're brothers Well, Kurt back in the day, yes, but he's getting better. Kurt, Kurt's actually, I mean, Kurt has more talent than Kyle, in my opinion, because Kurt, Kurt doesn't have to bump you out of the way to win the race. Kurt can pass you clean. Oh, we had a history of it. Kurt can pass you clean. His Roush, he's never going to be as good as he was when he was driving for Roush. Hmm. I'm just saying. Anyways, uh, the truck race, fairly good race. Atrocity though at the end though, uh, because the and that's they basically did... started off the rest of the weekend being an atrocity. Well, and then of course I I didn't catch the end of the truck the Xfinity race because I had to go out to eat, um, at my favorite local pub, or that's a pub and a grill. They will be on Wings Etc. is the name of it. it they will be on the. They will be on Jeremy Clements' number 51 car this week at um, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis, not not Road America. I don't know why I was thinking Road America. I know why I was thinking Road America, because he won at Road America in 2017. I've got the signed diecast of it. Hopefully, we'll <laughs> see cool. that on a, on a podcast. But anyway, if you're watching via the YouTube aspect. Um, 
Nashville. Marcus Erickson wins. My guy finishes second. It was an all-Honda top five. I know that. Who finished third? Oh, that's Formula One. We don't talk about Formula One on this on this podcast. We hate Formula One here because they because Formula One plays favorites. <laughs> yeah. Let's see the results, if I can pull that up. Dixon's Dixon moved up to second in the standings and passed Pato. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, Alex Polo still leads. I don't really like Alex Polo. Really? I mean, he, he may be he may be a Ganassi driver, but I don't like Erickson, I don't like Johnson, and I don't like Polo. Well, you know I don't not like Dixon, right? No, it's not that, but I, I think the course layout was pretty good. Let's see the results of the race. No, it was – I don't know how, but Jimmy Hinchcliffe Clark finishes just third. couldn't navigate it right. All right, so Marcus Erickson wins. I don't know how they Scott could Dixon not figure second. Marcus Erickson first. Scott Dixon second. James Hinchcliffe rounds up the podium. Ryan Hunter-Ray fourth. Graham Rahal fifth. Ed Jones sixth. Alex Pelot seventh. The highest finishing Chevy was Felix Rosenkist, and he finished in eighth. I don't even I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Uh, stadium Super Trucks. Mary's gonna talk about Stadium Super Trucks because that is not my forte. But okay, Nashville was, Stadium Super Trucks. That, that Nashville race can suck my fat one. The IndyCar race? Yes. Yeah. Mary, you don't have a fat one. <laughs> that's probably the most, it, hey if I could say that I could say something else I'd hear don't you dare I'm going to no you're not yes I am no you're not but anyway just, you want me to go back to what I referenced earlier what I mean by the 2002 Pepsi 400 where the winner wrecked one of my guys well guess what happened in the IndyCar race that exactly happened because what you did not mention about Marcus Erickson is that he literally ran off over Sebastian Bourdais, crashed him out. Erickson has a broken wing. And then I didn't Erickson mention that because I'm angry about that. Race? Huh? I didn't mention that because I'm pretty angry about that. Yeah. Why I have does. I've never seen a car get airborne in any car that all of a sudden, oop, it wins the race, huh? I've seen that in NASCAR before. Granted, that was in the 90s, and I wasn't alive for the 90s. I can't remember what race it was. Someone flipped like Robert Presley did in 1997 at Daytona and then continued to race, and I think that car ended up winning. It might have been a Bush race. Not that I recall. Someone did flip like Robert Presley did in 1997 at Daytona in the Scooby-Doo paint scheme. Cartoon Network. (laughs) That, that sponsorship was hilarious. I like the Cartoon Network. I mean, I don't know which one was worse. Cartoon Network or WCW? No, Cartoon Network was worse. <laughs> I mean, the Cartoon Network paint schemes were, were good, but the WCW paint schemes were iconic. <laughs> Steve Grissom drove that anyway. car. So let's talk about the best racing of the week far and away, which was the Stadium Super Talks. How what channel does that come on? That, huh? What channel does that come on? Uh, it was on uh, CBS Sports Network, but they actually streamed it on YouTube as well. 
Okay. I don't watch stadium super trucks, so I don't know. Oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. I do want to send Robbie Gordon an autograph. If you guys want to know, there is something wrong with my hand. I did burn it this past week. Okay. I did burn my finger a little bit, and it's right where the hair on my finger is, which is funny. So anyway, there were two races. The first race was won by Robbie Gordon, and it was an incredible finish between he, Matt Brabham, and Robert Stout, who's actually the son of the announcer, Ken Stout. And uh, Max Gordon, who was Robbie's son, finished fifth. The second race was uh, had an hilarious ending, which ended up in Robert Stout gaining his first win. Uh, Max Gordon finished fifth, and Robbie Gordon finished the uh, no. Max Gordon finished fourth. Robbie Gordon finished fifth. So anyway, the Stadium Super Trucks. I don't know how they were able to navigate the National Road Course correctly, and IndyCar couldn't. So yeah, that's going to be a Stadium Super Truck track for a long while. IndyCar, go to the Super Speedway, please. You've been there before. And those races were good. Um, they were. Moving on, uh, um, no NHRA until uh, yeah, until Saturday, be, uh, or until Sunday, week, SRX, yeah, at Park. the N22, That's right. um, yeah. hot topics, uh, no really celebrity news that I really can recall, I mean, other than Mike Lindell's symposium, that's going all to hell, today's the last day of it, the day of recording's the last day of it, people have said there's, he's literally proving nothing. Uh, moving on, um, J.D. McDuffie's wife passed away this past week, and yeah. uh, Wednesday was the 30th anniversary of J.D. McDuffie's passing at Watkins Glen in 1991. J.D. McDuffie holds the, holds the record for the most last-place finishes in NASCAR Cup Series history, not in all of NASCAR's history. It That honor belongs to Jeff Green. <laughs> yeah. That dishonor belongs to Jeff Green. Yeah, it was it was definitely heartbreaking to hear that because not only was it the weekend of that particular anniversary, but it was also the race that when the race was running. It was said, and I don't know how much validity there is to this. It was early in the race when she in the truck race, cup race, or Xfinity race. Which race? The cup race. Okay. It was that Sunday. I actually did. I wasn't. I must have missed it. Yeah, from what has been told, I don't know how much validity there is to this, but it was in the early laps of the race. Now, for those who don't know, when JD was killed at Watkins Glen, he was on lap five. And there are some who believe that Imogene, his wife, passed when lap five happened. Now, honestly, I think it was before that, but... That started off. What's up? But that started a chain of things that happened where this became something even bigger than expected. Because what we found out the next day. Yes. I'm going to stay out of that one because you don't want to hear my view of this guy. I like his historic aspect and how nostalgic he is, but I don't like him as a commentator. He's way <laughs> too dry for me. 
Not as dry as Jeff Gordon. I'll give you credit on that one because specifically in the itinerary in bold in capital letters, I have Alex, don't you dare be rude. Hey, I, I, I condemn Jeff Gordon as a commentator. You should be happy about that. <laughs> That's why I gave you credit for that. But anyway, the following but 2021, day. we showed what the potential Jeff had. <laughs> Notice I said had. Yeah. It's going away. But anyway, the following day, the 9th, came a report and it broke my heart. Because what happened was I was doing some things for potential future videos and also getting ready to take care of stuff after work. And I see a notification of a YouTube comment on my phone. And it was from a YouTubian buddy. And it said, rest in peace, Bob Jenkins. I put down my phone immediately, stared straight into the wall, and no less than three different times I said, I did not see that, I did not see that, I did not see that. Mainly because I did not want to believe that I just saw that, let alone that that happened. So after a few minutes, I checked my phone again, and I saw the headline. Now, I know that we've had commentary wars and all that stuff over the years and stuff, especially when it comes to Fox and NBC and second-tier ESPN. But before that was the 90s era, where you had other famous announcers back in the day, like early days Mike Joy, you had Ken Squire, and even Eli Gold. But I'm not an Eli Gold fan. My I'm favorite announcer. I don't, like, I don't like Eli Gold's voice. <laughs> I like Ken Squire. I like Ned Jarrett. I like Buddy Baker. I think Ned Jarrett, Buddy Baker, and Ken Squire. Top notch. Those are the top. That was the best booth ever. Hey, and you know what? My all-time favorite commentator is not in that booth. So that tells you something about that. But anyway, my favorite announcer of that era and my favorite of all time is Bob Jenkins, and he succumbed to his cancer fights this past Monday. And considering that we are coming up on Indianapolis weekend, and that's where he's mostly known because of that speedway, that, that truly, it really does break my heart that that did happen. My favorite IMS commentator is his IndyCar-only counterpart, Paul Page. <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of why Bob got into Indianapolis was actually because of Paul Page. Dare I no do it? Joke? Huh? Dare I do it? Go ahead. Welcome to the 86th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile race. I'm Paul Page. It's a glorious day for racing. <laughs> but anyway... That no legit joke. sounds like him. A lot of people say it does. It does. But no joke. I Paul was, Brandenburg. Before we, before we started recording this, no joke, because I told you that we couldn't do this later because I was doing laundry. I just finished that. In the midst of that, I was listening to Bob's episode of Dinners with Racers, right? 
because I told myself I was going to do that. And you should listen to it because there are a lot of stories involving Paul, and Paul's actually in the early parts of the episode. I I listened to Paul's interview, which I really liked. I I have too, and for one specific reason, which you may know. I know <laughs> I know the reason. You know, it's the same reason I listened to it. But I can't believe they did that. I can't believe it was that long of a process. And I can't believe it was going to be longer than it actually is. Yeah. If it was but longer, anyway. it would be worse. <laughs> You'll know in the event we interview Paul Page. <laughs> which I hope we can get Paul Page. Please, I will have interviewed my favorite NASCAR announcer and my favorite IndyCar announcer. You do realize that if we interview Paul, we will have to talk about Bob, right? Yes. Okay. But anyway, However, the interviews what... are mainly my forte. <laughs> but well, I do anyway. ask your questions because Mary's schedule is a lot less is a lot more strict than mine. Mine is a lot more loose, and I can and I can manipulate my schedule. And Mary is just like, "Don't interrupt me." <laughs> I'm used to that with my parents on car trips. Chill. But back hey, to what my I was parents saying. Were, my parents were probably worse. Every time I would just say something, my mom opened her mouth. And you're doing the exact same thing right now! <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Every time Go I'm on a car trip, anytime I go anyway trying to talk, my dad starts talking for no reason. So yeah, you're doing the exact same thing as him. But back to what I was saying. My generation and my era is definitely a lot different than yours, because... You were born in 2002. You did not have the luxury of listening to Bob Jenkins and his crew on ESPN. The NASCAR. NASCAR Bob Jenkins. I listened to IndyCar Bob Jenkins. Yes, that was a later era. And actually the era he retired with. And there is no higher standard in terms of a racing broadcast booth than Bob Jenkins, Ned Jarrett, and Benny Parsons. There, yes, there is. Ken Squire, Ned Jarrett, and Buddy Baker. <laughs> God, it's been six years since we lost Buddy. Yeah. I can't believe we've lost... Two people I can't believe are dead. Jason Leffler and Buddy Baker. Yeah. It, that actually goes back to something... Every so often, when stuff like that happens, these random memories come to my mind. And it goes back to this. One day, I was just upset about this entire thing going down. Because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that go through my mind when it comes to that kind of thing. And one thing at random that came to my mind, and you probably don't know this story, when Bob retired from television commentary in 2012, there were two videos done. I remember one by this. me. Oh, the one by you. I don't. And one by that. the and the one I, one by the NBC Sports Network. That's the one I remember. Yes. Because I was watching that race. Mm-hmm. And I don't I also think goes who back won. to a race that I had actually. 
seen recently, once again, because of its uniqueness, the 2011 Texas IndyCar race, the doubleheader event, which for, if you don't remember, that was the race where Dan was on commentary. Yep. Is Bob Jenkins, Dan <laughs> Welton, and someone else. I'm trying to remember if it was John Beekus or Wally Dallenbach. I want to say I it was Jan Beekus. I want to say it was Jan, but I don't. But I don't want to be quoted. So he's gonna say, "No, it was Wally Dallenbach." You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it, it goes back. I don't know how this got in my mind. There was a Weldon tribute video that was done by NBC Sports Network, and they played something I did not expect. Because, because uh, <laughs> Dan was in the Kentucky event. Now, the Kentucky event was close to Bob's birthday. So, <laughs> Weldon, who had done commentary and pit reporting during his time not driving that year. Oh, he did pit reporting? I thought he only did uh, commentary. No, he did, he did the pit reporting stuff uh, at Iowa, I believe. Okay. If you could find the video, then. <laughs> but what happened was is that... <laughs> I'm looking for it. Dan was having a lot of... Yeah, Dan was having a lot of fun with Bob's birthday. Now, that was 2011, so he would have been 63? 63 or 64. 64, because no, he, he, he's about to... He had he he, lived, he was about to turn. Month. He was about because I know he was about to turn um, sixty-four. So, yeah, I mean that was uh, that was a sucky deal, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm. But I don't anyway, like him. back to my main points. <laughs> but anyway, back to my main point. You did not get the chance to experience the ESPN era and the golden era of announcing. And to me, and many others will say this, Bob and the ESPN crew still was and still is. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I don't really, I mean, my Bob Jenkins NASCAR. My phone's stuff, now trying to interrupt me now. But that's but back, but back to what I was saying. Bob in the ESPN era was and still is the gold standard of racing broadcasts. And your generation may not understand that right offhand because you're used to the Fox crews and the early NBC crew. But my generation does understand that. The... Bob Jenkins that I mostly grew up with was NASCAR, NASCAR 98, NASCAR 99, NASCAR 2000, NASCAR 2001. Though that's my Bob <laughs> Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was very versatile. But um like anyways. he's done IndyCar stuff, he's done the radio, he's done the television stuff, he's done with NASCAR. He's, he's done PA. One, he's one of the main people who put ESPN on the map. He's done so public address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much so that even ESPN of today honored him because uh, Darian brought it up. 
And honestly, I was not sure that the ESPN of today, which is eon different than Bob's drop, would have mentioned that, but they did. And I'm very happy they did. All right. So that I, I would is that it for hot topics? Yes, it is on the hot head. <laughs> but yeah. That that the really hot. does hurt. Okay. Yeah, because you all right, because you want to talk about something. I can tell you're chopping at the bit. <laughs> West Michigan drivers suck. <laughs> they don't know how to park. You imagine you're having a nice day. You wake up, you drink your Gatorade, and you think, damn, I don't have anything to do this morning. I'm going to go to the gym now. So that's what I did. Got in my car, put the key in, pushed the button to start the car. Of course, I hear the beautiful engine sound. It's 13 years, and it's it's 13 years old, and it's still going. <laughs> Granted, it's got a lot of custom parts to it because I bought it. Well, I inherited it. Mary knows what kind of car it is. I do. Abnormal? I think so. Hey, it's not abnormal as my friend who's got a Lamborghini. <laughs> Granted, he's 33, but... <laughs> and he owns his own company. And, like, four oh. boats. He owns a vodka company, and he owns a construction company. And he makes a lot of money on that vodka. And he's friends with Brittany Zamora. I think they're already one in two months. What the heck am I doing with my life? And, and, he also raced Mo MotoGP bikes for, for a few years and made a lot of money off of that. Anyways, so I go and I park. I typically park, far, I'm, now I'm not like my mom and don't like to walk miles, you know, I have to walk miles down to, like, going to the grocery store. I'll, you know, I... I'll take one of my parents' cars to go to the grocery store or whatever. But I decide I'm going to park. I'm not going to park in the grass. I'm going to park somewhat close. I'm going to park far away because, yeah, this one idiot parks so close to me. Okay, I go in. There's no, no, keep in mind, there's nobody next to me when I go in. I come out. There's someone parallel parking in perpendicular parking spots. What? Yeah. And I parked across I parked across the street at Gordon's. Mm -hmm. Because yesterday because I was going to go run that day. And the one closest to my house doesn't have the running stuff. I would say about 80, I would say about, but I'd say about 80% of the people, people there that day were actually females. I was one of only like five guys there. All guys I'm friends with, but anyways. Um, yeah, West Michigan drivers, learn how to, learn how to park your shit. Um, just don't dive bomb my shit. Are you going to do that to me? Yes. Why? 
Yes, you are. Giraffe with me. I think you know I'm referring to. I don't even know why I find that so funny. Well, it's because of who it is. Is this what a suicide looks like? Did you just say sorry? No, long story. Oh. Just that whole video. Anyway, moving on to this week's podcast interview with Brittany Zamora. No, not Brittany Zamora. God damn it. What am I thinking? God damn good boy vodka. I think that's, <laughs> that. that's, that's who sponsors her. Um, it's Brooke Storer. Not, sorry, Brooke. I know you're listening. Brooke Storer, not Brittany Zamora. We will have her on eventually. So, we've had a lot of talking about Watkins Glen. We're done with that for now, and we're done venting about random crap. Uh, it's time to introduce today's guest. She is a late model racer from Zephyr Hills, Florida. You may have heard of that town because of David Rudiman. And she was a part of the 2019 NASCAR Drive for Diversity. Please welcome Brooke Storer. How are you doing, Brooke? Hi, thank you. Did good, I say how are that? you? I'm doing good. Did I say your last name right? Yes. Yeah, okay. you got it. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself for, uh, for those who don't know. Yeah, I'm 23 uh, out of Zephyr Hills, Florida, like you had mentioned, and currently race wheelman sportsman cars. I mean, they're pretty bait, like pretty much late models. They call them wheel, uh, late model sportsmen in Central Florida. And yeah, you mentioned the driver diversity. We did that. Super late models, goats, all started in go-karts and just worked our way up. Now, were you, uh, did you start in the grassroots type of thing? Because that's how I started. You started out working in the shop, you know, with, actually not with my dad, with my uncle's friend is how I got started. And then we worked our way up and, you know, at Hartford, uh, you know, this, these are all tracks in Michigan, if you don't know. Oh, okay, okay. This is, I'm not from Connecticut, or I'm not even from Florida. I've been to Florida. Probably farthest down I've, I've raced is uh, Volusia. But, uh, oh, I've been know. to Volusia. Yeah, I ran go-karts there. So, so yeah, it started, all started in go-karts. Yep. Uh, with my dad. So, so yeah, you're grassroots. Yes, yes. With me, it's, it's like a stepping stone. I call this the Benson Method, named after Johnny Benson. You start <laughs> at the bottom, and you work your way up. And the bottom is legit working your way from, okay, you're working in the shop. Oh, you're running go-karts. You're running midgets. Because with me, it was like how Carson Hosevar did it. I don't know if you know who that is. Oh, um, yeah, I know who Well, who doesn't? <laughs> Not one person has raced against that guy. Well, I don't know if I phrased it the right way. But anyway, so you start out at the bottom <laughs> and you work your way up. Kind of like how him and I did. We started together at Little Camel Zoo and Quarter Midgets. I went to Hartford, but he went to the big track at Kalamazoo. Then, then I went to Kalamazoo. Then I went to Thunderbird. I call it Thunder Chicken because of how bad it is. And then I went to Berlin, which is where the guys like Johnny Benson, Eric Jones, Bob Seneker, um, crap, uh, Mike Getty. Those yep. that track, those guys dominated at. Did is there a track like that down in Florida? Um. Not really. I mean, I guess you got New Smyrna. New Smyrna is a big yeah. well, five flags. Stone. Five flags, yes. That's where Johanna Long came out of. Yes. You probably and, know who that is. Oh yeah, I know Johanna. But yeah, I mean, a lot of really central Florida racetracks are all quarter mile boring stuff. Okay. So that's what I've grown up doing mostly. Yeah, we've all up here. It's all well in West Michigan. It's all. Um, Half mile, 
grassroots yeah. tracks, super late models, outlaw late models, stuff like that. Um, but anyways, so kind of talk to, kind of tell the people about what what the big jump from, you know, where you started to the drive for diversity. How big of a jump was that? It was definitely a lot. I mean, we didn't go straight into the drive for diversity. We went from go-karts uh, to pro trucks when I was 12. At 14, I started racing super late models. And from super late models, we went sportsman racing, pro late model racing. Um, and then we won a couple races over at New Smyrna Speedway, which is where, where the NASCAR drive for diversity combine is held every year. So we won a few races and they were like, hey, like the application process is starting up. Like maybe you should think about doing it. And I was like, okay. So I applied, went to the combine. About a month later, they're like, okay, you made the team. I was like, oh, cool. All right, we'll, we'll do that then. How old were you at this time? Uh, I'm 20 because okay. my birthday. Yeah, so I was 20, 21 when I was with Rev. Okay, so you were a little bit older than I was, or than I am. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I was. I think that was me. Um, Chase Cabry was in it at the same time. Me and him grew up together okay. racing go karts. Uh, me, him, and Ruben were all about the same age. We were the oldest ones in there okay. between twenty one and twenty three. Who else was in it other than you and uh, Chase? Yeah, me, Chase, Ruben Garcia Jr. Yep, Gracie Trotter. I know her. Um, yeah, uh, Nick Sanchez. I know Nick as well. Yeah, yeah. Grace and Nick I've competed against. Oh, okay. They'll uh they rough me up quite a bit. <laughs> well, they, they didn't cause my bad accident. Thanks, Evan Shaco. Wait, that wasn't Evan Shaco. I think it was uh some guy from Illinois came to Berlin and raced. But um, what's your greatest memory from your entire racing career? That's a tough one. Probably any wheelman win that I have. Those are a big deal down here in Florida. A wheelman win, I mean, you got 30 cars most of the time last year showing up to every race, and every one that I won last year, I qualified on the pole with a 12 to 14 car invert. Oh, my gosh. So to come through the field on a quarter-mile racetrack, cautions don't count, um, 50 laps to get through 12 to 14 car invert, it's something you can be proud of for sure, so... So I'm going to compare Michigan racing to Florida racing because kind of like how I compare Michigan law to Georgia law. You know, it's very yeah, similar. So, so, and that's what our series director is, Steve Dorr. So he races oh. up there in Michigan. So okay. He See, we I have know even, Steve. I love yeah, Steve. We, <laughs> we even have a high kick 99, which I think he kind of picked apart the, like a milk bowl in Michigan. So, like, they invert the whole field every 33 yeah. laps. Yeah, so he brought they, they that to Florida for us. <laughs> yeah, I saw Kenny Wallace race in a race like that. And then um, last time I was at Berlin as a spectator, they did these – they have the limited late models that Johnny Benson was competing in, mm -hmm. and they inverted those. And um, Johnny Benson finished second in his first race to one of my buddies, Josh Fry is his name. And then Johnny Benson had to work his way through the field, and then he gets wrecked. And then, yep, that's usually. I mean, the past they've had it two years in a row now. I've qualified on the pole for both of them. Get to start on the pole. I win the first one, get inverted to twentieth, make my way back up, finish top three in the second one, and the third one's always 
bad yeah, deal. <laughs> you get inverted again and you only got 33 laps to get it done when now you've got 90 laps on top of your tires. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I, you probably might not know this, but I kind of feel like you and I might have competed against each other. Have you traveled around the country to race? I have done so. I did the late mall stock stuff, that's really only out of Florida stuff that okay. I've done. Uh, I raced a truck at Montgomery. But, yeah, all my out-of-state stuff other than uh, one race at Cordillo, one race at Montgomery has just been in the late mall stock at South Boston, um, yep. Hickory. South Boston I've done at Hickory I've done. Yeah, uh, Myrtle Beach we raced a lot. I've, I've gone there. Langley. Langley was cool. I've never been there. Yeah, that one was cool. Um, I think that was it that we went to. But South Boston was definitely one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, and Southern National. Yeah, um, there was. I was going to do Slinger earlier this year, but then Rich Bickle showed up. I'm like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> see, I've always wanted to go there, even if I just get to watch. I think Slinger would be a great track to go see. I've, and Winchester. I did Slinger in 2019. I did Slinger and the Icebreaker at Berlin in the same year. Oh, okay. One year and uh, almost won them both. So, nice. but um, you should come up to Berlin sometime. I know a guy. Yeah. He'll give you a car. But anyway, who are your heroes growing up? Uh, oh, my dad. Yeah, my dad, dad definitely. Yeah, easy. Um, grew up watching him race. Grew up okay. watching my uncle, grandparents, all that. So uh, dad showed me everything there was to know about these race cars, how to drive them from go-karts to race cars. He yeah. was there every step of the way. So, I mean, I never really looked up to, like, like NASCAR drivers or anything. I just... I've always been really into the whole grassroots stuff. Okay. Good for you. Because that's <laughs> the type of stuff that I like. You know, that grassroots, starting the shop, welding yeah. aluminum, and just stuff like that. You know, because I learned how to weld when I was 13. And, you know, you just work your way up like that. I wasn't yeah, really that's a, in high school, I got all the welding training and all that stuff. So I think it's a big deal. If, you know, if you're going to race your car, you should also be able to fix it. Yeah, because you and I are pretty close in age. I wanted to ask you this. What was school like as a race car driver? Missed a lot of Fridays. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, it was pretty cool. I went to Zephyrus High School, and not a lot of people know that Wayne Rudiman did the automotive classes there. Really? So, yes, David's That's... uncle. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, David and my dad grew up together. They went to school okay. together. We're really good friends. So, all of a sudden, when I got to high school, I realized that Wayne was still the automotive teacher. So, I went all day. I mean, I would have three-hour class of just in there. Like, I could stack them on top of each other and just What's be welding all day. Robbie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of him. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I just finished high school in June, so... Oh, and okay. everyone was telling me you're getting to the hardest part of your life now, but yeah. like, because I'm from an area where racing isn't very prevalent. Grand Rapids, I mean, that's it's big there. You got Johnny Benson, mm -hmm. Bob Seneker, Mike Eddy, those guys, yeah. uh, Kalamazoo, yeah. Kelly Joe Facker, um, and Andy Bell, I think is his name. These are names you probably never heard of. Probably the only name out of those is I know Andy. a few. You probably know you only know Johnny Benson, I would assume, maybe Bob Seneker. And Eddie, oh, no. just because Travis. Travis comes down to Speed Weeks. Oh, you know Travis. On show and that modified, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Love <laughs> Travis. But, uh, He's hilarious. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. But what, what are your interests outside of racing? Really? I mean, that's really all we do. It's just race cars. I mean, it's all we've ever done. So that's it. That's the focus 24 seven. Yeah. For me, like I got, we'll get into my interests outside of racing because there are a lot of them, but mm -hmm. there's mainly um, the school for me was a lot different. Like I said, I mean, I, I live in a beach town on the coast of Lake Michigan. So, Oh wow. It's uh, yeah, yeah. it might be a little different. It's very different because, you know, <laughs> football is our main sport here. We've mm -hmm. had three football players from the area, two, maybe three, two, three. Joyke Bell was one of them, played for the Lions for a little while. Yeah. Rob Fredrickson went to my dad's high school, was my great-grandparents' neighbor, also played for the Lions, also played for the Raiders and the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. um, basketball is also big here. Wilson Chandler, uh, Robert Whaley, who ran a drug house in Benton Harbor, which is across the lake, so... Oh, wow. Don't, don't yeah. do drugs, <laughs> No, no. Hey, you know, they probably random drug test you at times, too, and you can't, and yeah. Don't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, and th they also do it, and I'll explain it later uh, in the podcast, it, for those listening, how the drug tests work. It might be different for Brooke, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> also, we have actors from the area like Sinbad and Ernie Hudson, the black guy from Ghostbusters. Yeah. You've probably seen Ghostbusters. Yeah. Now you know his name. Anyway, um, how do you prep for a race? Like, what what's the best way to prep for a race? Oh, that really just depends on how the previous race went. Um, I mean, usually Sundays, get the cars unloaded and fix any damage that was done. Hopefully it's just a Sunday afternoon project to straighten some panels back out. But... And then just where we're going that week, I mean, Mondays are usual, just clean everything up, start putting on the scales, take notes from where we were at on Saturday. And then Tuesday, we start getting into the a whole, um, okay, we're going to this racetrack instead this weekend, start throwing that setup on there, nut and bolt it, have it loaded, ready to go by Thursday night so we can head out Friday for practice. I mean, it's just yeah, a yeah. never-ending cycle. For me, you know, like, yeah, I help out with the car, but for me, like, I got a, I have a whole set schedule for the interests that I have outside of racing. Like, mm -hmm. okay, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's where I spend most of the time at the gym. I'll probably spend upwards of s between six and seven hours at the gym sometimes. Oh, wow. Don't ask why. <laughs> but, uh, well, obviously, I do diet, nutrition, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't take steroids or anything because that goes against the whole, that goes against the drug test thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, it helps. It's just like, for example, I'll give you an example here. Lifting weights helps build focus too. It helps you um, gain the knowledge, or not knowledge, but it helps you like, okay, because I have ADHD. Absolutely. It's just like, okay, focus on your lift, focus on your form. Because when I started powerlifting when I was 16, I didn't know that the that there's a lot of things you have to do to really get the full workout. And that really helps you when you're racing too. You got to understand, okay, you don't want to get the guy ahead of you. You don't want to get the guy ahead of him. You don't, you don't even want to get the guy ahead of him. You want to get the guy who's, you want to get the fourth guy ahead of you. And you yeah. want to be focused yeah. on that guy. You want to be focused on the race, but you also want to hear what your crew chief is telling you and your spotter. You want to hear what your spotter is telling you when you're doing a bench press or whatever. So I compare racing and powerlifting a lot. And oh, I absolutely. I completely understand that. I competed in powerlifting for like five months. I was just like, 
screw this. I don't want to say <laughs> the word there. I don't want to cross any of your lines, but if this if this was the normal podcast, I I could curse you know, yeah, right. as well. I don't care if you swear at all, but like <laughs> uh, pardon my language in advance. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, it's all good. It's kind of like, you know, that's kind of like what I heard a story from Johnny Benson when they were at Martinsville and Ken Schrader had free beer at his trailer and, and he's like, All right, I got free beer. And then Johnny goes, What are you doing? And Kenny goes, I got free beer at the trailer. I'm apologizing to everybody. Johnny goes, why? <laughs> the trader goes, it's not that I wrecked anybody. It's that I'm going to wreck a lot of people during the race. Yeah. But uh, that's Schrader for you. But um, Johnny's a cool guy too. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, I noticed you have tattoos on your um, right Lots of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I started getting tattoos. I think my first one was like on my 16th birthday. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I got a big on my ribs. I got a checkered flag, like a torn up checkered flag. It says born okay. to be a champion. Um, and then it just started going from there. And I was like, I don't want to sleep. And so I started my sleeve when I was 18. So I. And uh, I think by the time I was 21, it was all finished. Yeah, Lyndon so, Amick was our guest last week. He drove the Dr. Pepper car in 2002, and he's covered in tattoos. Oh, really? Back when he was racing, you wouldn't expect him to. He was a clean-cut guy, no tattoos at all. He say he's, he calls them his Jesus tattoos <laughs> and because he had this uh, religious uh, – he had this calling from God uh, when him, him and his wife were experiencing a lot of crap. So it was oh, – I don't want to get into that. You know, yeah, if you want, I'll send you the link so you can hear that interview. Not my interview with him, but his interview with uh, one of our former guests, the one we had a couple weeks ago. So, but um, you know, what advice do you have for anybody who wants to get into racing? Now, uh, mainly young girls. I think a big thing is like confidence. Confidence in young females, like not letting someone push you around. I mean, that, that happened a lot in go-karts. Like, looking back at it, like, so many people are like, you just need to quit now. Like, don't waste your money. Yeah. Like, it's You're going to get tired of it. You're going to quit. And this is, if racing something you truly want to do, like, stick to it, focus on it, and listen, learn as much as possible. Um, I feel like that is what helped me a lot because they're, the beginning years of go-karts, I didn't really, obviously, know much. Yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, the tire prep stuff had taken off, so I wasn't allowed in near any of that. Uh, and other than that, I mean, I would wash tires and stuff, but that was about it. So come when I got to be 12, 13, 14 racing pro trucks, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you got to replace this fender you knocked off. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And Dad's like, okay, like, here you go. I'll show you. And we did it. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to change this right front spring, for example. And he's like, you go out there and tell me what it does. I'm like, oh, God, okay. And just stuff like that. I mean, so just listen, pay attention, because that's going to get you a long way. No matter what, you move on, work with different crew chiefs, work with different teams, um, being able to listen, learn, and have confidence and know what you're talking about is going to go a really long way. And that's definitely something that I think. Uh, everybody needs to know because there are some people that I've worked with at Little Kalamazoo a few years ago. Well, no. Yeah, it was a few years ago that they didn't even know what the hell they were doing. They were just right. telling me, well, I want to go fast. I want to make the car go faster. <laughs> well, what do you want to do? Yeah. You know, they make help me out Carson, a little bit. Yeah, and Carson Hosevar and I, we did some work, gosh, I want to say like two weeks ago 
last time he was in town, I talked to him like some of these kids, they don't even know their left hand from a lug nut. All right. Mm -hmm. We got to teach them. And so Carson and I were working together and they're like, okay, well, I think my kids are doing this, this, and that. Well, my kids went out and beat them because I think I gave them better advice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, and I do work, I work with this one kid. I'm not going to use their name be, because they're little, but, uh, mm -hmm. once he started listening to me, he was just like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out, run 50 laps the way you want and 50 laps the way I tell you to like days of thunder. Yeah. Well, days of thunder. Yes. You've probably seen that. Hey, another oh, yeah. young person has seen that movie. Good. <laughs> I've only met three other young people who've seen that movie. Really? Yeah, so the, I thought that was like, think like you had to watch that. Well, they're not racing fans. That's the problem. Oh, makes sense. But uh, anyway, uh, I used to watch that with my ex girlfriend sometimes, but I don't want to talk about my ex girlfriend <laughs> for reasons that <laughs> my co-host and I won't get into. But uh, anyway, so we're we're um, working together, and he's telling me, "Okay, what do you want me to do now?" Like now, he listens. Carson's do the same thing. So, and I've done official stuff, and I worked with this uh, one guy who was my teammate at Berlin who works with a bunch of young kids. He's got this one girl who's about um, eight. That's his daughter, and he coaches her, and she listens to what you have to say. And these kids here, oh, my gosh, they're really good. So, I mean, got talent. it's like, you know, I was watching some video footage. It was actually of you racing to prep for this interview and you know i'll say you got a lot of talent and i think you could you. go to you're very welcome and i think you could get to the upper echelons of nascar if if you stay true to yourself and keep working absolutely but and definitely uh, have the talent to go find the sponsorships yeah <laughs> that's a big one yeah i mean the sponsorship does make the sport you know go the way it does and you know uh, yeah rich bickle rich bickle's been preaching this whole thing about daddy's money i don't think they're i don't think that's a good philosophy i think that that that's illegitimate to say and this is why mm -hmm. because not all drivers these days come from money take a look at me for example you know you know someone like you who's had to work their butt off for years you yeah, know absolutely if you work your butt off for years then you will succeed look at and this is for all you people listening and watching via the YouTube aspect. Look at Brooke and look at all the success that she's had. You know, look at Carson Hosevar. Look at the success that he's had. Brittany Zamora is a good example. You know Brittany, I would assume. I do know Brittany. I went to a couple of combines with Brittany. Yeah, she, she's a good driver. Yes, she is. And, and a good friend. So Yes. You know, there, there are a lot of people. Yeah, Haley Deegan's. Well, no, I'm not going to use Haley Deegan. <laughs> she's a terrible example of that. Because uh, we can talk about Haley all we want later. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to cut. Reboot. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not going to use Cindric and I'm not going to use Brandon Jones because they're terrible examples. But I think that if you listen to what I'm saying, if you listen to what Brooke's saying, then you are going to succeed. So can, let's get back on the tattoo talk, if you don't mind. Um, okay. Can you explain some of the meanings of your tattoos. Yeah, uh, these Roman numerals on my wrist I have around are my parents' birthdays. Okay. My dad's up here. My mom's on the bottom of my wrist. Uh, first three race car numbers are actually in a clock on my forearm. Oh, really? 
yeah and then so the clock has little gears and stuff in it i got marilyn monroe on the outside of my arm portrait of her and then on the inside this was definitely my most painful tattoo and if i were to decide to get another sleeve on my left arm i think i would just leave the inside of my bicep blank like <laughs> i could i don't think i could do it again but yeah i just got a tiger and that's the only color that I have is the blue eyes and the tiger. And then I have one here on the top of my arm that says, go confidently in the direction of your dreams with a compass. And then I got Relentless across my collarbone and a kind of like a memorial tattoo for my uncle that had passed away on my back. And then oh. I have up my spine, I have Live Fast, Fear Nothing. So it's it, so it sounds like you've got a lot of tattoos. A lot, yep. <laughs> a lot of hours getting stabbed with a needle. <laughs> Multiple needles. Multiple needles, yes. Hundreds of times. Yep. I don't even For know if I six hours at a time. Well, you can't really see any of mine. Really. <laughs> I don't really have any. Well, on my back I do, but and on my ankle. But uh yeah, I got the ankle was the most ankle. painful. What is it? See, I got a <laughs> you'll probably laugh, but um we were on our way to Myrtle Beach Speedway, and it was Friday the 13th. You know the, how they do the yeah. $13 tattoos? I yeah. got a palm tree on my ankle. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I well, mine is the Chinese symbol for brother. So oh. I'm blending like a sun type thing. Because the artist said, you need a little bit more than that. I'm like, all right. So he puts this thing around. <laughs> but uh, on my back, I have uh, I have another memorial. Uh, it's a Celtic cross for my great grandmother who passed away, and uh, I'm gonna get the Star of Infinity on my other ankle. And uh, a big piece of tattoo advice: get a tattoo where you've got the most meat, people. Yeah, because any place like my wrist, like here on my wrist bone, when that needle started hitting that, that's rough. Yes, so I'm, I'm still it, saying, and I swear, the inside of my arm was the worst thing I've ever sat through. Well, I mean, I don't know how bad that would hurt me. We'll just have to see when I get my sleeve. Yeah, I mean, down here by your elbow is fine, but when it starts working, like, towards your armpit area, yeah. whew, no thanks. What piece of tattoo advice do you have? Because Lyndon Amick gave some tattoo advice, too. Take care of them. Aftercare on your tattoos, I mean, it's important. Like, when you yes. get back to the house, wash them with the right soap. Use the right... Um, I usually use Aquaphor. That's what I use. Yeah, so that I've had the best results with that, and my tattoos never get like nasty afterwards. I mean, the first night there might be a little bit of ink that would come off, just like normal, but nothing crazy. And I yeah. mean, if you take care of them, use the right lotions and stuff that your tattoo artist tells you to, you'll be good. But you have to take care of them there the few, first few days. Yeah, and you know, that's a great piece of advice because when I got my first one, not very good. No. And my and most don't go one, out in the sun. Oh, I yeah. Got this, the, I got this Maryland one, and then the next day I left for Bristol for the short track nationals, and I was sitting up in the grandstands spotting, and it still had all the aquaphor on it, and it. I think the two weeks later I had to go get the whole thing touched up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that wasn't very smart. The last one that I got, I'll tell you after, 
when the when we stop recording what it is and what it means, but it did not hurt at all. It was on uh, it was on my quad, like right on my quad on the side oh. of it. It didn't hurt. Really? No. Well, I told you I work out, so yeah, yeah. So that's that does help. But um, another piece of advice that I have is listen to both Brooke and I when we're telling you this type of stuff because. My friend wants to get a tattoo. He listens to this podcast. Our our old our co-host who just quit uh, earlier this week, Caitlin, that's Johnny Benson's daughter. She's okay. got like 12 tattoos. Not one time has she given me any advice. She just said, oh, just get what you want. But make it mean something. Yeah. Because she explained the meaning of hers. And I found out that a lot of people in NASCAR have tattoos that you would not expect them to have tattoos. I have noticed that too. After living in North Carolina and going on Lake Norman and kind of seeing everybody hanging out, having a good time, I was like, man, I think every driver has tattoos and a lot of them. Blaney's got them. Blaney's got them. He's got one right here. Mm -hmm. I'm getting one right here uh, when I start college. It says Prosper. Oh, it's okay. graffiti. I'll have to I'll have to show you a picture of it, but uh, that one's gonna have color in it, and I'm gonna get sleeved out. Um, sleeved out. It's <laughs> a way to do it. And uh, because one's gonna be pieced together, but one's just gonna be one giant piece. Mm-hmm. But um, how long did you live in North Carolina? Because you said you lived in North Carolina. Uh, about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. So through the whole diversity program, we had to be in the shop at least 20 hours a week. Okay. So I got an apartment up there and was at the rev shop every day and would travel back and forth between uh, Florida and North Carolina just racing every week. Oh my gosh. Making the drive. Me and my dog would make the nine hour drive every weekend. What kind of dog is it? German Shepherd. Oh, what's your dog's name? Nikita, it's actually, I, I was going to mention this earlier, I'm a big Tampa Bay Lightning fan, hockey fan, and big Tampa Bay Bucks fan, and Nikita Kucherov is one of the main players on the Tampa Bay Lightning, so. He's Russian, so I respect he's that. He's Russian, yep. I was born in Russia. I was adopted from Russia, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. I don't so know what's and... that or the fact that I'm 18, almost 19. Yes, that too. Yeah, I don't look 18. No. I look mid-20s. That's probably, you know, I'm not going to blame you if, if you thought, wait, what? You're 18? Yeah, I would have never guessed. 25 probably was your guess. Yeah, I would say 24, 25. Yeah, I get that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I thought you were, your dog's name was Nikita after the River Phoenix movie. No, no, Kucherov. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightnings, one of their uh, minor league teams, was the Kalamazoo Wings for many years. Mm-hmm. So you probably didn't know. I don't know if you knew that, but they were. Uh, yeah, they them were and uh, Syracuse now, the Crunch. Yes. That's kind of like our feeder team. Yeah, the um, I'm a Red Wings fan, so oh. we're not rivals. No. So better you know, than like a Hurricane fan, or yeah. yeah, you're not a Blackhawks fan. You're nope. not a Blue Jackets fan. Yet the Wings got the Blue Jackets affiliation now. <laughs> and the Grand Rapids Drive is no longer affiliated with the Pistons. Come on. They're affiliated with go. the Nuggets now. Oh, the they Griffins, are. 
At least the Griffins are still with Detroit. Yeah. Long st- I got a story of a Griffins game I went to. Uh, but uh, it's a funny story, actually. But, uh, yeah, it just uh, – it's crazy. You know, we have young people who race and do the media stuff, like like yourself and myself. I also love that shirt that you're wearing. Tommy's awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, but uh, I'm not wearing a racing shirt. I'm wearing a Deadpool shirt. Because that's <laughs> another one. Shirt. I mean, that works. Yeah. Superhero movies are another passion of mine. And um, outside of uh, racing and fitness, we also have music. So music also helps if you wanted to know any of my pre-race meditation or rituals. Oh, yeah. Listening. You always got to have a pre-race playlist. What's on your pre-race always. playlist? Shoot, I have no idea. I mean, I usually, I got to the point now where I'll just turn Apple music on. Okay. And just click like, and I'll just have it playing throughout the trailer anymore i mean i have a get hype playlist and at the top of the playlist is another life by motionless and white (laughs) really like that's the like right when that first verse ends and then they get into the chorus it's like yes yeah but uh, i'm not singing on my podcast no no i'm I'm definitely not doing that either i'm not asking you to sing no i hope not i'm never going people be turning the podcast off real quick Yes, and I did sing in a singing group for three years, but no, we don't do that. No, no. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's the last thing you'd want. Would you like? Would you really want to see an eighteen-year-old race car driver, powerlifter, or powerlifter race car driver singing "Another Life" by Motionless and One? <laughs> Just thinking about that for a second. And then I've got a lot of corn on the playlist. Yeah. Well, what music do you listen to? Pretty much everything. Definitely okay. rock music on race day. So good for you. Shine down. Shine down's my favorite band. That's they're my top five. Yep. We've got two of my favorite groups right here, but this mm-hmm. group's not on the get hype list, and neither is this group. No, no. A lot of metal is on the get hype yeah. list, like corn, motionless, and white. Um, um, in this moment, that's another group. In this moment, yeah, you've probably yeah. listened to this moment. Yeah, I'm not telling you what my favorite song by In, in This Moment is. Uh, I would even, I would have to still look at the all their songs to remember the names of them. But I'm not uh, good with that for whatever reason. Yeah, I used to be good with it, but not anymore. It's just like, mm-hmm. there's yeah. so much going on. <laughs> but I'm so. T- I wish we could go back to the way music was when we were kids. Like, because the '90s didn't really end until about 2005, so right, right. You still had exactly. You still had Green Day. You still had Shine Down. You, you Fall Out Boy was coming out. There's mm-hmm. a lot of old Fall Out Boy on my Get Hype mix. There's also, um, gosh, what's that? I do I, like Imagine Dragons. I yes. mean, they're newer, but I like them. I like Natural. Yeah. I like that episode of Impractical Jokers where they make Sal and Joe open for them. Well, I got Aerosmith. Oh, no, I didn't see that. I got Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses online. So that's classic. That always works. Um, the first time I ever heard Aerosmith, I was actually at Disney World. Oh, really? Yeah, first time ever. See, I've lived in Florida my entire life, pretty much. And I think I've only been to Disney once. Well. So, I, and I don't really remember. I was so little, so. 
he probably didn't ride rock and roller coasters, so. No, not that I can remember. At least I probably wasn't tall enough. <laughs> well, I was, I was probably about four foot six as a eight year old. I was pretty tall. I'm six foot now, so. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you have any uh, racing stories that you'd like to tell us from living in North Carolina, like you said, or just any story from your life? I mean, definitely. There's been a lot of interesting ones. I mean, shoot, I race probably 30 to 40 times a year since I was eight years old. So definitely stay busy with it. Um, I had a lot of fun in North Carolina, like you just mentioned, South Boston. I mean, I could stay I wish that they could pick that racetrack up and put it in Zephyr Hills or somewhere, Lando Lakes, whatever. I mean, that would be great. That's how I feel about uh, Hickory. Hickory, I loved Hickory. I did go up into one, didn't realize how rough Hickory was. And those cars are all on bump stops. Yep. Go, go off into one. I guess I got on the brakes about the same time I hit that bump getting into one. And I was like, ooh, about just knocked my head up against his headrest a little too hard. Yep. That's yeah. a rookie mistake. It'll get you. Yeah. First oh, yeah. lap, turn one. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go around this. Not doing that again. You beat a Hickory. Um, 2019. I think I might have been there. Yeah, we went there for twin twin fifties or something. It was twin races. I know that. I, I think I was. I think I was in the grandstands for that one. Okay. Yeah, it was me, Gracie, and Nick racing that night. And a big fight broke out in the infield. Yeah, I remember yeah, Nick, that. Nick was a I, part of that one. Yeah, I was there. I was there. Yeah, that was but, fun. Uh, I always oh, like yeah, those twin races. I wish they did that in Florida more often. I like, like, same set of tires. You can do what you want, add fuel to it, and go again. Yeah, you know, they're doing that with NASCAR more now. Well, last year with COVID, there was a mm-hmm. lot that happened a lot. But, uh, yeah, so I, I do have one story from uh, my my career that maybe you could take something from, and uh, especially if you race against us Michigan guys. <laughs> So, if you'd like to hear it, I will tell it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, this is Berlin Raceway. Yeah, yeah, it was Berlin Raceway. Where else would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm racing against uh, Boris Yurkovich. He goes all over the country and races. Yep. My buddy Evan Shotko ends up taking the win. Two guys are running up front, me and Boris. Boris punts me out of the way, and he goes up the track. Now, keep in mind, there's no wall on the backstretch of Berlin Raceway. Jeff Striegel can back me up on that. I don't know if that name's familiar to you at all. This sounds familiar. MRN. You'll yep. recognize yep. his voice from it. But uh, so I go up. So I spin. Yurkovich goes up the track. Shaka wins the race. And and then my, my crew goes after his. And this is like a 50-year-old man going after a 17-year-old. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. You don't mess with those old guys. You never know what they're going to do. But anyway, uh, uh, we often do a we always do a flip the script part of the podcast. So uh, you've been bombarded with questions from me and a lot of my advice. So feel free to uh, if you have anything you'd like to know about me, feel free to ask. Uh, so, like you said, you went go karts to midgets. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. No, did no, you no, ever no. do? No, I did. Um, Working in a shop to midgets. So I skipped oh, okay. going completely. There are no go-kart tracks in this part of Michigan. Oh, wow. You have to go out to Auto City. I didn't City. know that. Uh, I mean, I guess you could run go-karts at Little Kalamazoo, but it's really small. Yeah. Like, it, 
it's like um my buddy darian gilliam i don't know if you know his name you might know his youtube channel name black flags matter mm-hmm. you've probably heard of him yeah i've heard of that one yep yeah so um you know eric Step, danny b talks iceberg those guys um darian and i were talking about the bull ring the vegas bull ring is shaped similar to little kapazoo okay so but it's way smaller so yes I went from we're going to shop to midgets. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, see, I never got to do – I never did any midget racing. Okay. They always had the um, the midget racetrack at New Smyrna. Okay. And never – I still don't think to this day that I've seen a midget race. So, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, if you have anything else you'd like to know, feel free to ask. Not that, I mean, put me on the spot like this. I don't have anything around Sorry. the top of my head. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks for doing this. And, uh, no, thank you. Back to the show. Okay, now that was a good interview. I really like, I really hope she gets the opportunity to go back to NASCAR. I really do. But anyway, yeah. it's now time for the rambling segment. Oh, by the way, the I need to go back and uh, hot. Uh, Hot Topics is brought to you by Manscaped. Guys, summer is almost over, and if you didn't get laid this summer, it's because women do not like unclean guys, and it's also because guys, women like guys who take care of themselves. I recommend the Lawnmower 4.0. It. What are you laughing at? I was not made aware of this sponsor. Not a sponsor. I'm just. These aren't sponsors. I'm just saying that these are the... I'm trying to get them to sponsor us. But guys, if you did not get laid this summer, it's because you do... It's because women do not like guys who don't take care of themselves. I recommend the Lawnmower 4.0. It's easy to use. It's, it charges fast. Uh, get all your get all your men's grooming needs at, at manscaped.com. And uh, hot... Well, no one's... And hot head is brought to you by Sipshine uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now it's time for the uh, Ramley segment brought to you by Tuesday Tastings. Uh, if you would like to schedule a wine tasting with Caitlin, uh, please contact us and we will forward you over there or get a hold of her. All the links of it, all the links are in the description below. So uh, for the Ramley segment today, Mary has Mary and I want to address the questions that I get in my DMs whether they be on my private Instagram, which fans do not have access to as my personal Instagram account. If I know you within the NASCAR community, you do have access to it. But if I don't know you, if you're a fan like, like Mandudo3 or SportsFan09 who are obsessed with me, then I'm not going to grant you access to my private Instagram. I will block you. Like, legit. Mandude acts like I'm some sort of celebrity. I saw him in the chat one time. Oh my gosh, it's Alex. We missed you. Oh my God. Darian said on pastimes, like, that was in an Ostagonoski chat. Like, man, dude. Seriously, man. Anyway, uh, Mary has the common questions that um, just. She has some questions and some common questions uh, for me, apparently. And the reason, and I, I was not made aware of these questions before we began because she had to go through my business people. 
yeah, even even if I even if something like this happens, you still got to go through the people who I work with on that side of the deal. So go ahead. All right. So I do have a good tabulation of questions that I have gathered up. Well, and let's set the, the scene. Hmm? Let's set the scene first. Okay. You're going to do it, not me. Okay. Now, this is my understanding. Alex constantly gets bombarded about questions regarding his racing career. So, this segment is basically taking those questions, and Alex will answer them for all of you guys right here, right now. Is this correct? I mean, I'm going to be a lot more blunt. I just want people to shut up. <laughs> so I think that's Mary putting it the nice way. I, I mean, at, at graduation rehearsal, that's all people wanted to talk about. And, you know, we're, you're going to find some stuff out about it that I have not disclosed for a really long time. So go ahead. Okay. The first question is, what made you want to pursue being a race car driver? One more, two words, Jeff Gordon. My first go-kart was number that... 24. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how did, how was Jeff Gordon the influence for you wanting to be a race car driver? He was my favorite driver. <laughs> well, in that instance... What racetracks have you raced on, and which of those tracks is your favorite? Go back to episode 24 to find that out. How about that? <laughs> you know the answer of what my favorite one to race on is, the one I've had the most success at. The one that you went to and, went and met <laughs> another one of my idols <laughs> and met a good number of my friends and competitors. Yeah. Now, as a racer, how would you describe your racing style? Race me clean, I'll race you clean. Race me dirty, I'll race you dirty. So Robbie Gordon, Johnny Sauter. With a pinch of Johnny Benson. If you have a faster <laughs> car, I'm going to do what I can to get by you. But I'm not going to knock you out of the way to win a race. Now, add in Jeff Gordon, I will knock you out of the way if I think you're a danger to the track. If you are holding up traffic, Ryan Newman 2012. No. What year was that? No, I don't, it was 2012, Martinsville, but I don't think it was Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman won the race. Boyer. It was Boyer. Okay, I see what you're referencing now. Boyer was being a danger to the track because he was so goddamn slow. If you're, if you're goddamn slow, I'm going to knock you out of the way. If you're not slow and I can't get by you without knocking you out of the way, listen, here, let, let's, let's set it up. If you are a danger to other drivers and you're going so slow, like that truck in the street stock race at Berlin yes. when, we were, when we were there, I, I would have knocked that guy out of the way. I'd just knock him out of the way. If he's got a knife or a gun, get the fuck out of there. 
well, this is this is Berlin Raceway. This is Michigan. People aren't like that. Boris Yurkovich. Oh my God, I can't stand a race against this guy. He he almost sent Evan Shotko to the hospital. He's he handed a he him and I were gonna have a nice battle for the win. He hands a win to Evan Shotko. So I mean, there are just you know he's just he's the type of guy that I want to knock out of the way every time I see him race. And you know it's just a it's a mixture of certain things. But you know. How about this? If you are not, if I can get, if the only way to get by you is by knocking you out of the way, I'm not going to do it. If I, if you're slow and I have to, and I feel I need to get by you, I'll do all I can. And that includes knocking you out of the way. But if you race me clean, I'll race you clean. If you race, other, other than that, if you race me clean, I'll race you clean. If, I, if you race me dirty, I'll race you dirty. NASCAR Thunder 2004 Ally Rival System. How about that? <laughs> you know, that's the flaw of NASCAR I was wondering Thunder 2004. Because that's exactly and what I said. Projected to be Robbie Gordon. Go back to episode 23. And we actually talked to a driver who was in that game. And the funny part is, is that he knew what I meant, yet he has no experience with the game. <laughs> His kids, wait, no, no. Caitlin said it was 2003 that they had. Because she said, we had the GameCube version of the one of one of them. I said, it was the one that he was in. She goes, yes, it was uh, 2003. Because I had that game. At one point in time, I had all the NASCAR games that were made for the GameCube. I gave them to my friend. Okay. So anyway. I'm on that PS2 game. I'm on the PS2 grind now. <laughs> we need to PS2. do a podcast where I'm playing NASCAR Thunder 2004 career mode. And we'll see how much I can pay attention to both the game and the podcast. That'd be kind of difficult, but all right. But anyway. I think it would be kind of fun. <laughs> Just saying. They, they may be a few episodes down the road, but we'll see what we can do. Who do you consider your main competitor or rival to beat on the racetrack? Depends on the track, and uh, depends on the history. Like Carson Hosevar is probably the one that immediately comes to mind because we raced together in quarter midgets. We raced together at Kalamazoo. We raced together. I don't even know if he's raced at Kalamazoo. I honestly don't think he's raced at Kalamazoo, but <laughs> I know he's raced at Berlin. And when we got to Berlin, that's when we were the most competitive. However, I also have Evan Shotko, who's close to my age. Tony Caputo is another one that comes to mind. Tony's, he's a driver that's, he's had a lot of success, but he was a great driver in the mini wedges. And uh, I did some races, uh, I, um, you know, I did some races against him. I wasn't, he, he actually helped mentor me in the, you remember Tony Caputo, the one with the gold yes. signature? Yes. Yeah, he's the one that really helped me out with that. Um First, Boris Yurkovich is the one that is the most aggressive driver I've raced against, and he needs to take a damn chill pill. He's the one that got injured at Berlin the week before we were there. Um, oh, yeah, now I remember. He's doing really good. Um, both drivers are doing really good, so I'm glad to see that. Um, hopefully, Boris will stay away from myself and Evan Shotko for a long time. Because, <laughs> like I said, he knocked Shotko out of the way in the, in the icebreaker, and I was, I was in the booth during that race, and I – 
And I almost said to Norm Jalisma, what the hell just happened? We need to get Norm on we need to get Norm on, on the podcast. We gotta get Norm on. From St. Joseph, Missouri. I'm not from Missouri. You <laughs> gotta get teachers to say I'm not from Missouri on them. <laughs> How funny would that be? Uh. <laughs> anyway, moving on. What is the race that you would like to have back? Now, this is where it gets the most comfortable for me, believe it or not, because I don't want to talk about races I've won. I don't want to talk about my championships. I think of it like this, and I told Caitlin this. I think of talking about my career like I'm going on a date. I like, I'm just saying, because, and (laughs) think about, okay, I'm going to use my second relationship because my first one it really she didn't even my first girlfriend didn't know my second one kind of found out my second one found out by design my third one i just straight up told and you know all about the third one you know she she and i actually did a lot of work together in my career and you know she kind of ties into the story to the story i'm about to tell the race i want to be I want back is the night I, I was almost killed. The worst accident I ever had, I was leading. We're coming like five laps to go. They had the red flag the race, and they have the cars on fire. I'm injured, and I blacked out because the last thing I remember was hitting, is seeing a bright light and hit the wall. But my ex-girlfriend remembers running to the car with my mom, and I apparently I said, well, that must have been bad because you're down here. And then she goes, yeah, it was. And I didn't remember it. And then my next memory is waking up at the hospital, seeing the wreck on Wood TV 8. And I said, hey, blankety blank. I used her actual name. Are you even paying attention, Mary? I can hear you. Are you paying attention? Yeah. Okay, good. If you're not, then listen. So I told her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel bad for whoever that is. She said, yeah, I do too. I'm like, yeah, well, anybody in a wreck like that, definitely I should feel bad for. But what am I doing here? She said, because that's you on the TV. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? She's like, I think you blacked out for a little while. And then apparently on the way to the hospital, she's like, he's going to die. 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 And then my friend goes, he is not going to die. Anyways, but the, that's definitely one race I want to have back because now let's go back to the philosophy about the dating philosophy. That's all the girls probably going to want to focus on. And when I, my second girlfriend, her name was Sarah. Um, that's the one that I, that cheated on me. Then I cheated on her. Then she cheated on me again. Then I cheated on her. My third relationship, I didn't cheat on her. She would leave me for different guys. But anyway, moving on, Mary. Um, the, you know, that was all Sarah wanted to focus on. She didn't want to focus on the future. She didn't want to focus on going to the movies. She didn't want to focus going to Buffalo on 
going to Buffalo Wild Wings every Saturday to watch the Colts beat the shit out of the Pats. <laughs> she didn't care about watching the Lions suck against the Bears on Sunday. Wait, no, we didn't go to watch football on pro football on Saturdays. We go to we go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch Michigan either win by a lot or get their or get their dicks handed to them. But anyways, um, I don't want, I don't like talking about wins. I don't like talking about championships because you know what am I gonna say? Real one day, my record of being the youngest, one day my record of being the youngest winner at Berlin is gonna get beat. And guess what? It did get beat by Carson Hosevar. I can't I can't get that record back. John Benson can't get his record of seven championships back in the event I beat that record. <laughs> which I'm nowhere near close to beating that record. I only have one. I got six more to go to tie him. John Benson is the all-time win leader at Berlin Raceway. I really need to get that picture signed by both John and John. You saw the picture. Yes, I did. It's from 2005. Caitlin really likes that picture. Of course, that's her dad and her grandpa. But, um, I told you what school was like. And let's actually go back to the graduation rehearsal. The instant the principal sees me. Fucking hate you, Jeffy Oxetter. All he wanted to talk about was racing. All my friends wanted to talk about were racing. The friends I hadn't seen or talked to. All they wanted to talk about was racing. All they wanted to talk about was my career. I'll talk about NASCAR. I'll talk about what's going on at Berlin. I just won't talk about races I've been in or races I've won. Because I've won about five times this year. And and that's at Berlin alone. I've won three times at Hartford. I've won six times at Kalamazoo. I won once at Thunder Chicken. I won a feature at Plymouth. I won a feature at South Bend. No, two features at South Bend. I went out to Auto City, and I crashed that car. I was going to be in the ARCA race at Berlin. Unfortunately, the car had to drop out because apparently we didn't have a fucking steering wheel. Fernando Alonso, 2019. Whichever year he didn't qualify for the 8,500. Now that's a story. Oh, we don't have a steering wheel. Oh, the car's not painted the right orange. We want a papaya orange. Fucking <laughs> idiot. God. Oh, no. We want the car looking like papaya orange. We don't have a steering wheel. We got to put you in a, with a Formula One steering wheel. That's not how the British talk. That's more of a, that's more of an Australian Dan Weld. <laughs> Dan is my guy in IndyCar yeah I've got his autograph right over there I smile every time I look at it Jeff's autograph is in the other room because I don't feel like bringing it in here but anyway all people wanted to talk to me about was racing and I tried to make conversation with other people like uh, a hot girl that uh, that moved here my junior year um, she got a tattoo, and I and I just said, you know, something about the tattoo. However, uh, racing stories have had uh, quite the bit of uh, <laughs> a stories in my life. Uh, did you see the Austin Ogonoski Jason Jacoby supercut number three? Yes. When Austin was talking about the picture that he arranged the that he arranged those uh, tickets into a pentagram on his bedroom floor to flirt with the track promo girl, I've done stuff like that before to like flirt with a, to like flirt with girls. 
you know, it's, it's just kind of funny. And, you know, I'm not a devil worshiper. I did do that one time and she just thought, what are you doing? <laughs> but stuff like that. I mean, just th those are the stories I like telling. I'll tell stories of the losses, but I won't tell stories about wins. I won't tell stories about championships because think about it. It just sounds arrogant. You know, oh, what am I going to, like, what am I going to say? How many wins did I get in 2019? Seven. You know, I can name you that right off the top of my head. And I don't keep trophies in my room. I keep them in a, this is where I keep my trophies. In a cardboard box in my basement. When I when I buy a house in Grand Rapids, that's the only time they'll ever, or when I move to North Carolina, that's the only time they will ever come out of the box. If you saw the uh, Garage Shop Insider podcast interview with Johnny Benson, he built an entire shelf for his trophies. He got his big-ass truck championship. Then he got his little teeny-tiny Rockingham trophy. I could... You know what I actually think I could do is pull a Rich Bickle. Just give my trophies away. I can't remember if it was Rich Bickle or Carl Edwards that did that. I think it was Rich Bickle. No, no. I think Allegedly, it was, it was Edwards. Edwards gave the trophies away. I think Bickle took the labels off and put them on a plaque and just gave the actual trophy away. Okay. If we ever do get Rich Bickle on, I want to ask him about that. What inspired that? Because he actually, he legit does not have any of his trophies. Well, I think he's got some of them. Now, if you, if you win a championship, you're going to obviously keep a championship. I wonder if Edwards has his 2007 Bush championship. That's actually a good question. Like, that's why I want to ask Rich. Like, do you have do you have any? What trophies did you keep if you kept any? Granted, Bickle wasn't the most successful driver in NASCAR. Oh, speaking of Rich Bickle, we didn't. We need to touch on this. Um, last week, at, at, he was at a race in Wisconsin. He was in a very bad accident where he tore out a piece of the fence and he took it and he took out a sign on the racetrack. Yeah, and I heard car, about that. And the car was demolished. Let me see if I can find it. All right. That's Facebook. Why do people keep... I get it! Yes, I'm attending that event. Let's see. Rich the Bitch Bickle. All right. Here it is. Oh, a slinger! That makes it even worse. Yeah, that's a smaller track. Well, it's the banking. He's the white car. Yeah. White car in the back. Yeah. So we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to Rich Bickle. Hopefully he's okay. I heard he's resting well. Um, even though what he did to me and what he said to Carson was not okay, we still want to reach out. 
and uh, I want to be the bigger person here. Uh, Rich, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, we're going to send a, uh, we send our thoughts and prayers out to you and your family. We hope you're doing well. So uh, back to your questions now, Mary. Okay, so what would you say separates yourself from other competitors that you race against? The philosophy about knocking you out of the way. Some won't do it, some will. Some don't have the policy that I have. If you're a danger to the drivers, I'm I'm moving your ass. But if I can't pass you cleanly, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna try. I did pull a Dale Earnhardt Jr. 2002 at Daytona at Kalamazoo one year, and the Kalamazoo Clash cost me a win there. I've won that event twice, but I've won the Icebreaker three times. I've won the Kalamazoo Clash twice. I've won a few championships at Hartford. There are some tracks I've done one-offs at, like Gateway. But let me tell you, Berlin, that has to be the hardest racetrack I've ever raced at. I've won a championship there. Johnny Benson says it's in his top five hardest tracks, and I don't blame him. <laughs> that track's not an oval. That's a perfect circle. Mm-mm. You have to you have to manipulate the gas. There's oh really you're you're, you're gonna say that it's not hard when you're not even a race car driver. Let me explain. No, I no. What I'm saying is that it's it's not exactly a perfect circle. It is too. Okay, it's not a perfect circle, but there is not a straight away. I just away. said that. <laughs> it's not a perfect circle. It's a circle. Right. There's it's no circ- straightaway. Circular-esque. Let's put it it's, that way. It's circular, and it doesn't have a wall in the back stretch. Yeah, what's the deal behind that? I've been racing there since 2015, and I don't know. <laughs> anyway... Ask Jeff Striegel. Ask Johnny Benson. Ask Norm Gelsman. Ask whoever. On to your next question. Okay. What do you believe is the biggest achievement in your racing career thus far? You're seriously going to ask me a question like that when I just said I don't like talking about my achievements. That's why I asked for one. The Berlin Championship. Although you can make a cl- case for the Kalamazoo Clash wins. I could make a case for my Hartford Championships because that's where I got my start. And that is the track that I attended my first race at. But I'm going to say the Berlin Championship because that's the one that gave me the opportunity to work with KV. Um, you know, uh, the, uh, the other sponsor. Whose fire suit I had to race at IRP. Just like, and, and hey, uh, I have that. Oh, do you or Caitlin want a six foot uh, scarecrow made of cardboard? Oh, yeah, you live in an apartment complex. What are you going to do with it? Exactly. What am I going to do with it? It could stare out, it could look out your window. <laughs> yeah, how do I explain that to my roommate? Maybe, the, maybe someone could sign it. Okay. Anyway. I will admit the old the old sponsor's logo is kind of funny. The mustache <laughs> just does it for me. So anyway. It reminds me of those nineteen thirties type deals 
moving on. What's your next question? All right. The last question that I have is. Oh, thank God. It's, <laughs> it's the last one. Thank God. Yeah, I'm not going to overdo it with you like I did with Johnny. <laughs> what do you hope to accomplish in regards to racing? Get to the Cup Series, although it's not going to happen. And I realize we never did the flip the script portion with Johnny. We should have. I shouldn't have. Well, we ran out of time with him because he had something else to do later that day. Well, what we should, but I should just cut. I should just limit my questions because the whole thing for that was to let. It's your driver. Yeah. So I'm and like, I'm, I'm not going to do what twelve questions. And I'm not going to do that for. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say, go ahead, ask, ask him everything you want to know. He's taking the time out of his day to do that. It's your driver, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. And plus, I had pretty much asked him a few of the questions I wanted to know when he was when him and I were just talking. Here's the thing about Johnny. He'll talk and 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 talk. Just like me, he's more about talking than he is about doing autographs. Yeah. But with me, I don't really like talking about racing. I like talking about, oh, my business adventures. You know how family's doing, stuff like that. You know, I I I, I love doing autographs for kids. I've done some stuff with the Helen DeVos Children's Hospital out of Grand Rapids. I've done a lot of stuff with the Helen DeVos Children's Hospital out of Grand Rapids. It's not even funny. You know, I'll go there. I've talked to the kids. You know, I was in a room with the kids one time, and they just did a little Q and A session with me. They're like, this one kid who she's like four years old, and she asked me, "Have you ever?" She had uh, she had cancer. And um, she she asked me, have you ever crashed? I said, oh, yes. And then she follows up with, how many times have you crashed? And then I said, too many to count. And then she asked all these numbers. I'm just like, it's way more than that. Like, I had a fun time with her, and I met her parents, and uh, I gave them all autographs. And unfortunately, she passed away and succumbed to her cancer a week later. Um, But it reminded me of the Jeff Gordon 24 by 24 uh, feature they did where it, it was the same thing. A kid asked Jeff Gordon how many times he's crashed, and uh, he said, too many to count. And they asked him if he's crashed 75 times, and he said, I've crashed way, I've probably crashed way more than 75. And I know I've been angry about NASCAR way more than 75 times in relation to Jeff. <laughs> and then again, you got to remember, I am not Johnny Benson. Oh, yeah, this is Mary's favorite trading card in the history of trading cards. We always got to remember that. Um, no, that's yours. No, that's yours. My favorite, no, it's yours. My favorite is the Jeff Gordon Indianapolis trading card from 1998. Hmm. There's one Jeff Gordon card that I want. He signed it, and it's... It's re- it's like a commemorative one that he signed, and I really want to get one. It's like a hundred dollars. So, oh, but it's Jeff Gordon, and anything Jeff Gordon. Up. Don't take this the wrong way, people. But if I want it bad enough, I'll pay top dollar for it. <laughs> Mary wants to buy Johnny Benson's Rockingham car. <laughs> if I had the money, hey, it's for sale. <laughs> Give him ten grand for it. I think he's asking twenty. I don't remember what he what he's asking. I think he said fourteen thousand. Yeah, if you have that. Yeah, the, the problem there is, how am I going to get it, and where am I going to put it? Do you want it? 
Well, it would definitely be a unique memento for me, but... <laughs> if he gives you the suit, the helmet, if he gives you the suit and the helmet, would you buy it? Would you take out a bank loan to buy it? I don't do bank loans. Not even for him. Listen, here's what Sorry, I would do. But... Here's what I would do. I would say, you know what, 14... Listen, if you, I will take it if you throw on the helmet, if you throw on a helmet and a fire suit. <laughs> and another piece of memorabilia. <laughs> Just something nobody else has of him. Because his stuff is rare to come by. Oh, yeah. Look at... I wonder how Frank gets it all. Uh, yeah! Like, the, I, the last thing I would have expected to see in our Berlin trip is the hood from... His NASCAR debut, where he flipped on the second lap. Because, like you said, the rest of that car is literally in a pond somewhere. No, that's what Frank said. <laughs> it's at the oh, bottom of that? Ernie Irvin's pond. Oh, <laughs> speaking of which, Johnny does not have this information like I do. And he's not a Jeff Gordon kind of store. The car that Ricky Hendrick and Jeff Gordon shared was a team that was co-owned in 1999 by Jeff Gordon and Ray Evernham, and when Evernham went to start his own team, it became Jeff's team. I believe it was called either JG Motorsports or JG Enterprises. I Something don't like that, yes. remember the name. Let me look it up. Because I believe I've got the archive right here. Stop this! Stop what? Sending me these damn invites. God. Alright, <laughs> I'm going to look up Jeff Gordon just because that's the easiest thing to get to. There's Mary's favorite driver of all time. You wish. And you wish Johnny Benson was mine. <laughs> what? You know, I, I'm one day going to... I'm one day going to get you to switch. I'm going to convert you to a jump. I'm at least going to get him off your bad side. That's not going to happen. Give me one reason why. He's been on my bad side longer than you've been alive. But Jeff Gordon. Oh, yeah. Jeff Gordon was in that movie. What the fuck? Okay. He now what happened? I did not know he was in Taxi. Taxi, the TV show? The movie. He was in Taxi? I know he was in Lo and Logan Lucky. I know he was in Looney Tunes Back in Action. I know he was in Cars 2. I know he was in Cars 3. And I know he was in Herbie Fully Loaded. But I did not know he was in Logan Lucky. And I did not know he was in Taxi. I know Ryan Blaney well, was. Nobody in talks about Logan Lucky, so. Logan Lucky sucks. Did you even see yeah, Logan was... Lucky? Yeah. Did you see it? No, but I heard it was pretty bad. It is. Let's see. Uh, the Penske bitches were in that. Were in that movie. Cryle uh, was in it. I know uh, Edwards was in it. Edwards. Edwards was the best. Larson was the taxi driver at the end of the movie. I can't. I'd have to watch it again. There, there were a oh, lot of drivers. Stereotyping. 
There were a lot of drivers who were in that. Let's see. Okay, so 2000, Jeff drove for. Okay, in 1999, it was Gordon Evernham Motorsports. And then in 2000, it was JG Motorsports. I wonder, now, now, let's, let's think back. If Ricky Hendrick was still alive, oh my God, burps and hiccups. Who would be running Hendrick, Rick or Ricky? Right now? Yes, right now. <sighs> I'd say Ricky would have Jeff's role, and Rick would retire at the end of this year. Ricky would be the Ricky would take Rick's role. Jeff oh, would obviously. take what would be Ricky's role. Yeah. And that paint scheme that Ricky Hendrick drove has won in all three series with three different drivers. Ricky Hendrick in the truck series, Brian Vickers in the Bush series, Kyle Larson in the cup series. Yeah. Now, Kyle Larson, let's talk about Kyle Larson for a second. You said in a previous podcast, I don't remember which episode it was. I believe it was the six hour, six and a half hour long marathon where you said Kyle Larson chokes in clutch situations. That's because he was with the team that always choked in clutch situations. With the exception (laughs) of the 2010 Daytona 500, which I need to get that die cast. Chip Ganassi Racing has a notorious is notorious for doing it in NASCAR since Dario Franchitti was driving for them. Okay, no, 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 no. Let's actually take it back. Brian Awesome Clawson. Rip, rip. I got to meet him. Such a great guy. The only deceased driver. Oh my God, I've met seven drivers. I always forget Brian Clawson raced in NASCAR. I've got Brian Clawson's diecast right here. Is this Brian Clawson or is this Dario Franchitti? I don't care what it says in the box. The box says on the top of the car. It says it's Dario's, but I, but I say this is both. This is Dario's, Scott Pruitt's, and Clawson's. It's more Clawson because of longevity in comparison to the other two. But Frankiti is the more known one. You know, it's kind of funny because that reminds me of a diecast that I have. And Pruitt also drove Reed Sorensen's car at Sonoma that year. It reminds me of this diecast that I have. Oh, yeah. You've shown that. Rare ride, (laughs) Dave. Yeah, this is a uh, eccentric diecast from 2002. But if you remember, the majority of the season was driven by Todd Bodai. But clearly the box says Andy Houston. Because he was the one who was supposed to have it that year. And then the Herzog crew said, oops, we wanted Todd Bodai instead. And now that he's out of a ride, we're going to have him steal yours. I, wait, 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 wait. Andy Houston, Andy Houston never drove that car. Yes, he did. Three races in 2002. We're trying to get Andy Houston's teammate on for a podcast. <laughs> I think you know which teammate I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. 
Now that would be an interesting conversation because you better not say one thing about Andy Houston. For him. Huh? What are you going to ask Ricky Craven? Well, let's see his concussion in- his concussion history, how he overcame that. Talk about 2001 Martinsville. Uh, Andy as a teammate, and also his time with a former announcer by the name of Marty Reed. What problem do you have with Marty Reed? Just the, it's, I don't, it's not with him. It's the fat, well, okay. What he said after Dan Welch's accident. Oh, I'm still mad about that. And he's not. Hold it. Why are you mad about that? Because it looks like Dan Weldon may be involved in it. I don't care what it looks about the like. Crash call. Are you talking about the crash call? I'm talking How about. How is he supposed to know he was destroyed? We didn't know I that do... at the time. I don't. I'm just saying. I do not like Marty Reed. He is. He doesn't know a damn thing about because NASCAR. Of that? He doesn't know a damn thing about NASCAR. Hi, hello, fans. Marty Reed alongside winning Rickyard driver Dale Jarrett and winning Rickyard crew chief. I know who you are. <laughs> that was his best moment. I can think of other moments, but all right. I literally did a top 10 countdown on him. Go watch that. You need to do a top 10 countdown for Bestwick. And I will once he retires. I said to him I was going to do that. <laughs> do you want me to send it to him when he when you're done with it? <laughs> Well, that's not going to be for a long while because I'm going to wait until he retires to do that one. Can you still be- can you believe we interviewed Alan Bestwick? I know, right? <laughs> that was that is a childhood dream. We've got well, I mean, we can't interview Dan Weld unless we no, have a spirit box session looking. and summon his ghost, which I don't believe in ghosts. My ex, my ex girlfriend's. Sister believes in that shit, but she doesn't mess with it. Um, you've heard stories about what she thinks she is. Yeah. That stuff doesn't exist. <laughs> and she said, bitch, okay. But uh, moving on. Um, anyway, Larson is with Hendrick Motorsports. You have to remember that. That is the top Chevy team in NASCAR and the top team in NASCAR. Debatably. No, they are. As of right now, that team has one win with Byron, three with Bowman, two with Chase, and five from Larson. That's 11 wins. How many races have been run this year? Um, I want to say we are towards 22 races. We'll be 24, 23. Hold on, let me see. Larson has come, Larson has been placed in clutch situations numerous times. Okay? Alright, 
Uh, this is. Oh, this is coming up on twenty-four. So it's twenty-three races been run so far. Okay, let's now let's now let's enter the Caitlin Benson simulator. And what's that? They've won forty-eight point seven per. They've won forty-seven point eight percent of the races so far. Let's round that up. Nearly, fo nearly forty-eight percent of the races this year. Yep. Do not sit on your ass and tell me that Hendrick is the worst, is not the best team in NASCAR. Well, we still have a ways to go in the season. Then again, like, I mean, we, they could pull a, Mickey, a cryo bitch and be Mickey champions. And we can end up having a Mickey champion this year. With who? Brad, Blaney, any of the Penske guys. Really? That's what your go-to is on that one? I was going to say Stuart Haas. I was going to get to that. Any of the Ford teams. <laughs> Hamlin. Because at least all of the Penske guys have won this year. How many people for Stuart Haas have won this year? One, and it was a Mickey win. <laughs> and it wasn't even their main guy. That's the funny part. It was the guy that I hate the most on that team. Really? Yeah. I like Briscoe. I like Custer. Harvick's on my bad side, but come on. Amarola, all three of his wins have come because of luck. Daytona, 2014, rain. Talladega, 2018. Different. His teammate runs out of gas on the last turn of the last lap. Yeah. New Hampshire, 2021, they shortened the race. Mm -hmm. However, well, I will give him credit here. Had the race gone to its fruition, I don't think Bell would have won. I think it would have been Armadillo. What are you laughing at? Armadillo? What? <laughs> That's my nickname for him. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to I'm going to pull up every NASCAR series. I'm going to give the um Um where is it? Where is it? Do I have that picture? All right, let's pull up the NASCAR uh, app. But um, we will also hang. Uh, all right, let's let's go to the drivers. Starting with the NASCAR Cup Series, Anthony Alfredo. Here's his nickname: Olive Garden. Right. Eric Almarola, Armadillo. Christopher Bell, Liberty Bell. Or you could call him Liberty Biberty. No. Liberty Mutual? 
or Liberty I Mutual. I don't know what it is, but between Liberty Mutual and FanDuel, I don't know who spams their ads more on YouTube. And I'm sick and freaking tired of both of them. Discord is getting bad, too. I'm, I am this close to deleting my Discord. Josh Balicki. We don't talk about him. Balicky licky. I could I could call him B- Balicker. Oh, I got or Josh Balicky, butt liquor. No. Yes. Blaney, Ryan Blanket, or if you want to go, or if you want to go. Or if you want to go a step further for Ryan Blaney, I gotta get I gotta get this out of my system. You know where this is going, Mary. I do. Caitlin's boyfriend. Funny. We'll tell the story when we're done with this. Hey, if I could, if I could say, if I can say something about a fat one, I can tell that story. Uh, Alex Bowman, the principal. Briscoe. Best clothes. Right. Hang on, let me send a text to someone. Busher. Loser. That's weird. Bush. Kurt Bush. Bush. <laughs> Kyle Bush. We all know. Kyle Bitch. William Byron. William. Ross Chastain, watermelon man. <laughs> I gotta find a picture. Custer, coleslaw custard, Matt Benedetto. Burrito boy. No. Fit burrito. I could call him breakfast burrito because those are good for you. Austin Dillon.
All right, moving on. Chase. Oh, wait, did I say one for Dylan? No. The fake three driver. What about Kaz Grala, then? Even more fake. What about Richard Childress? He's the OG three driver. Is exactly. That means Dale Earnhardt's also fake. No, he's not. Dale Earnhardt made that number fake. Made that number famous. <laughs> gotcha. I knew it. I knew it. I win. Dale Earnhardt's fake confirmed. <laughs> hey, I'm not a fan, but I was only flipping you off because because you made me trip on my words. Chase Elliott. Senpai. I made you trip on your words. Yes, you did. Chase Elliott. <laughs> senpai. Joey Gase. Deformed. Ham. Denny what? Hamlin. Hamster. Have you ever seen Joey Gase smile? Really? Oh, no, his smile is what we make fun of? Joey Gase, I, I could call him the lizard because he always has his tongue out. And he pretty much has his tongue out in all his pictures. <laughs> Denny Hamlin, hamster. Harvick, happy meal. <laughs> Howf. Hoof. Huh. Hill. Saint Hill. That's Timmy, then. Eric Jones. Fake Michigan driver, who I like. What? Because he started out in a Toyota. He didn't start out in a Michigan-made car. Brad How's Keselowski. that his fault? Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski. Corey LaJoy. Race seat man. Kyle Larson, racist. <laughs> Joey Logano, giggles. <laughs> hey, Joey Logano. Hey, Joey Logano. You should probably say, yeah, short track racing. McDowell, Flippy. If you're. My nephew watches the children's show Blippy. Uh -huh. So that's where that nickname comes from. Ah. BJ McLeod. Blowjob. Do I want to know? BJ. Blowjob. BJ. Blowjob. How about BJ the Dinosaur from Barney? There's no PJ. Yeah, BJ. PJ. That was his name? I thought it was yeah. BJ. It's PJ. It was Ryan PJ. Newman. Ryan Newman. Here's a good one. Elton John. I get what you're going for, but really? And I think it's going to be a long, long time. The touchdown names are gonna set me high. And I'm up all night, I think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. It's BJ! I was right! No, it's not! Let me get this in the right angle. I can see it. I, I, I have failed. I have failed. Ryan Priest. Pastor. 
now. Yes, because you can say like Ryan Preach, Ryan Preacher, Pastor. Reddick, Redneck. Stenhouse, Recky Spinhouse. Suarez, Suarez. Truex, T-Rex, Bubba, Buckets, because of who he drives for. They started, They actually called Hank Parker Jr. Buckets when they were younger. Like Dale, like Dale Jr., Lyndon Amick. This is the story that I heard. Because if you watched last week's interview, which I highly recommend you do it, I hope, I, I hope Mary puts a card in the top right corner to last week's interview. Because if I remember to do that, then I will. Because Lyndon Amick told stories about Hank just throwing the hell up. After yeah. the first, my mom would be like, oh my god, is he okay? Oh my god, is he okay? I'd just be like, mom, relax, it's Hank. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Cody Ware. He wears me out. Now on to the Xfinity Series. Allgaier. Alligator. Yeah, that's an old one. Almondinger. Ringy dingy. Jordan Ours is Almondingbat. I don't agree with that. Almondinger is my number two guy in the Xfinity series, but he's not in the NASCAR dozen. Yeah, he's one of Mew Mew's guys. Jordan Anderson. Just his initials, J-A. Hmm. Annette. Ant. Barry. I've got several nicknames for him. Blueberry, Raspberry, Blackberry. Cell phone. That's his new name. Cell phone. Blackberry phone. Brown. UPS. What can Brown do for you? Burton. Blurton. Because he drives so fast. Jeb uh, Harrison Burton. Jeb Burton. Skirton. Skirton. Okay. Because he always skirt into the wall. That's dumb. It's clever. Castle. Sandcastle. Sindrick. Spindrick. Clements. Clementine, after a local restaurant. Curly. Curry. Bailey Curry. Indian food. Because we bought this house from Indian people, and when we moved in, it smelled like curry. And it took us two months to get the curry smell out. First night we lived here, I could not sleep because of the curry smell. Earnhardt. He can't make up his mind. Galding. Black and white. Gibbs. Tie my shoes. Graph. Bar graph. <laughs> Gregson. No one. As, no one likes him. Haley. What a pretty girl's name you have. 
Hemrick. Hemroid. That's dumb. No, it's not. Herbst. Terrible. That's literally not original. Okay, what about this? Ivan. If you know, you clearly don't know world history, Mary. I don't like studying history. Howard. Stooge. If you don't know why, Moe, Curly, and Shemp were brothers. Everyone knows Moe, Larry, and Curly. But do you know about Shemp? Do you know about Joe? Do you know about Curly Joe? No! Martins. Mark. Or no, Florida. Martins. Marlins. Brandon Jones. Paid driver. Alex LeBay. Jason Jacoby puppet. Jason Jacoby tried using Alex LeBay as a puppet to get to NASCAR, which obviously didn't happen, which we do have, which after this, we do have some Jason Jacoby news to cover. We Little. Do. Big Jesse. If anyone does this, you know what it means. I'm just assuming. Mills. Okay. Steel Mill. Moppet. Little Miss Moppet. Sits on her toppet, eating her curds and whey. That's Ryan Sieg, I'm gonna get shit for this. Sieg Heil. Or if you want to be Hitler. That's what I call him, Hitler. And he supports pedophiles. Yeah, let's not. He allowed J Joseph ah. Lombard to sponsor him. He supported a pedophile. Granted, that was before Lombard got exposed as a pedophile. Yeah, that's kind of the problem there. Myatt Snyder. You'll like this one. Bray Wyatt. Overrated piece of junk. Ryan Vargas. Vegan. That's dumb. Kyle Weatherman. Meteorologist. So that coming a mile away. Josh Williams. Will I am. <laughs> Moving on to the truck series. Ankrum. Tyler Anchor. Cause he always sinks to the bot to the back of the field. Yeah. Bet Norm Benning. Saturday Night Live. My if you guys don't know, my favorite host of Weekend Update is Norm MacDonald. Oh. Bone. Danny Boy. Boyd. Casino. Huh? Boyd Gaming. That's a casino company. Oh. Crafton. Auto Crafter. Because <laughs> I'm sponsored by an auto crafter company. Captain's Precision Auto Crafters Center. 
right next to Hidden Point on Napier Avenue in Bet. No, is it on Napier or on Pipestone? I can't remember. Creed, rock band. If you don't know the rock band, Creed. I get that. I get that. Deegan. This one was tough to come up with because for a while I was a Deegan fan. Now she's just an overrated piece of shit. Thank you. I, I do subscribe to her on YouTube though. Because she at least can make quality YouTube content and not just be like Natalie Decker. Hi, I'm Natalie Decker. This is my boyfriend, Derek. Haley Deegan's like, yeah, I'm Haley Deegan. This is my boyfriend, Chase. And at least Haley Deegan likes the fans for the most part. Well, so does Natalie Decker. Um, Haley Deegan's nickname is Paid driver number two. And finger. Finger. Well, no. I, I better way put this. Mary, this is a good... You're going to want to pay attention for this one. Here's N finger's nickname. Finger. Okay. I, I'm noticing an interesting trend here, because at the beginning of the year, people were raging out that N finger had to split his ride instead of Ben Rhodes. And now... Going later into the season, I'm finding out that a lot of people are actually souring on Enfinger. So that's I think interesting. Enfinger is the real 2020 champion of the Truck Series. Sheldon Creed is a Mickey champion. Tate Fogelman. Folklore. Mm-hmm. Friesen. Fries on top. Gillen. Land of make-believe. You'll like this one. Tanner Gray. Gray Wyatt. Austin Hill. Death Valley. Hosevar. His last name is too hard to pronounce. Or no, Hosevar. Nickname. That's just his nickname. Nickname. Because... So many people, when we were growing up, could not pronounce his name. You know this one, Jennifer Joe Cobb. Corn Cobb. Yeah. Kraus. Crotch. Lasad. Fake Canadian. Well, Moffat, little Miss Moffat. Nemechek, Nematode. I think he's French-Canadian. Peters. Torque. Or, if you want to be funny, Monkey. Peter Torque from the Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Purdy. He ain't pretty. Or as, or as one of my friends calls him, Pretty Boy. Roads. Fix the damn roads. Huh. Roper. Raper. Or Reaper, if you want to be funny. Sauter. Flying Saucer. Flying Saucer? Yes. Chandler Smith. Fake Smile. Huh. Zane Smith. 
Right. Right Zane. Ryan Truex. Baby T-Rex. Tim Veen. Tarzan. And Chris Wright. Wrong. Heh. Now, Mary, I'm going to give you a NASCAR driver, and you're going to give me a nickname for them. Or you know what? No, 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 no. We're, we're going to do this. This is now a segment. Now, Mary's going to give me a driver, and I'm going to give them a nickname. Then I'm going to give Mary a driver, and she's going to give them a nickname. And you're going to start out with Johnny Benson, I assume. But we <laughs> no, all know my, not, we all know my nickname for him. I don't want to get him involved in this. The Professor. <laughs> I, you know what? Because I've heard that one before. You want me to find the card? I actually found the card yesterday. Go ahead. <laughs> Ow, my leg. Uh. It's at the bottom of the stack. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go off the rails on this episode now, aren't we? So, I don't know how long this is going to take, but this is going to take a while. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good one. And there was one from his Lipton days. I literally did not hear him there. Well, that's a good one, too. Does anyone want to see a rare card? What rare card? Do you want to see a rare card? Yes. How much you want to bet he's going to show me that one that he had had Johnny on? Oh, it's not. Oh, wow. That is rare. <laughs> well, that, that's a very old one. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you found a boatloads more, didn't you? Because you had, what, four at the start of this? And now that's at least seven that I've seen. Okay. Oh, if you want to see one more. 
Kamwan? I have only seen Lyndon in glasses two other times. Once in a picture and once on TV. All right, give me a driver and get, and I'll give you my nickname for them. It could be any driver from any era. All right. Let's start with And it can't be a Wally driver like back. It can't be a driver with a with like like Dale Earnhardt who's known by a nickname or Jeff Gordon or someone. Cuz like we all know Jeff Gordon as Wonderboy. Well, newer fans might not. That was a nickname given to him by the Intimidator. Okay, Wally Dallenbach. Oh, gosh. Band director. Long story. My band director, in sixth grade, my band director, if you did not put your, when they were starting to learn everybody's names, if you did not put your name tag on your stand, my band director called you Wally. Oh, that's dumb, but all right. No, my band director was hilarious. You would have liked him, Mary. Really? All right. All right. Here we go. All right. I got one. Hosevar. All right. If I had a nickname for Carson Hosevar, what would it be? If it's Sears Tower, I'm going to hurt you. Why would I call him Sears Tower? Because of how tall he is. What He's taller than me! And I'm six foot! I'm just saying. And how how tall is he? Six three. That's literally the same height as Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell's six three? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Oh my gosh, what the fuck? Johnny Johnny Benson's six foot. Johnny Benson's six feet tall. Yes. I'm taller than him. <laughs> okay. You just now noticed that? Uh, how about no, the I'm probably one? six one. Uh, what? Who? How about the chosen one? I that that couldn't be more true, given the fact that he was chosen to go to NASCAR over me. <laughs> okay. When this, when we're done recording, I do have some news to share with you regarding Michigan, which, ladies and gentlemen, I will be attending the Michigan race on August 22nd this year, which will be a week, Ooh. which will be a week, for, which will be, oh, uh, fuck, what will the uh, thing be? Oh, uh, it will be a week from tomorrow, so I will not be, and also, Mary, I will not be available tomorrow. I'm going to RVD's hometown for a family reunion. Hmm. Okay. Rob Van Dam was a very good wrestler. Yeah. I think he was very underrated. A lot of us West Michigan people are are underrated. Carson Hosevar is, is no exception. Okay, all right, you you got to give me one now. Mike Bliss. Saved by the Bell. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the original Saved by the Bell was a is the show we all know and some people love. 
You may not know that there was a precursor show of them in middle school called Good Morning, Miss Bliss. But that focused more on the teachers, not the students. Hmm. All right, I'm looking around the room. Dale Jr., Well, Rich's nickname for him is Redneck Jesus. Well, that's a good one. I call him Junebug. Well, yeah, he's that's definitely his most common nickname. I don't see the whole Redneck Jesus thing. I just don't. He also has that famous nickname, the Pied Piper, so that could work. What's your nickname for him? I really don't have one. Do you know what my nickname is? Your nickname or your nickname for him? My nickname that people call me. No, I don't. The Magic Man. I've been called the Ice Man. I've been called the Ma- I've been called the Magic Man. The Ice Man came about uh, when I looked when I had Batman tie facial hair. The person who gave it to me was Matt Manti's kid. The Magic Man came about because I was. It was later revealed that I was born in Russia, a lot farther from Yekaterinburg, where uh, Pav- where the best Russian hockey player of all time is from, and my all-time favorite hockey player. What is your nickname for this man who drove this car right here? Oh, by the way, I really like the box design on this car. All you know what a box looks like by now, I would hope. If not, you have you have some sort of mental health <laughs> illness. Jason Jacoby. Anyway. God, if he listens to this podcast, he's going to get made fun of so much. I'll die laughing. I really don't have one for Junior. I just go I just call him Junior. Okay. Or you got to give me a driver now. Okay. Make it a funny one, please. (laughs) Okay, I got one. I don't know if you remember him. Eric Darnell. Oh, man. We don't discuss him. (laughs) I was wondering if you were going to remember what he's most known for in NASCAR. I was at that race. (laughs) you viewed that race the same way i did well i think it was a time because if you you know how wide the start finish line is well you gotta understand how wide the start finish line is Yeah, well, where in where on the track do you define as the start finish line? Right in the middle of that black rectangle. <laughs> no, the beginning of the line or the ending of the line. We'll have to figure that out. Um, I'm just gonna call him Cheater Cheater Pumpkin Eater. <laughs> okay. How about? Waffle. Is that your nickname for Darnell? No. My nickname for Darnell is Cheater Cheater Pumpkin Eater. 
<laughs> waffle. No, waffle. Biffle. Well, I call him oh, Bug Eye Dummy. I thought you said Quaffle. <laughs> no, Quaffle's nickname is Cat Scratch. Uh, okay, I, I can see that. Didn't you Biffle. watch? You grew up with Cat Scratch. I did? Yeah, what, what you... You grew up in the... No, you grew up in the 90s. That was a 2000... I was little when that show was on. I didn't watch it. Like, I watched Fairly Odd Parents, SpongeBob, and Drake and Josh, which later morphed into iCarly, which Caitlin liked iCarly because of Freddie, and not because she thought he was cute. It was because of his last name. <laughs> that reminds me. <laughs> anyway. Um, where we leave off, that caught me off guard. <laughs> when I called Biffle Waffle. Yeah. Yeah, he has an established nickname, the Biff. That was I called Boogie God Dummy. Well, that was Sterling Marlin. He's got a point, but he's known as the Biff. Okay. Although, really, he's the one who's responsible for all the returning veterans getting booed at truck races now. I think I have that race version over there. The 2019 truck race. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was a good race. I think that was a good battle between him and Crafton. Admit it, it was a good battle. It was decent. Not as good as Benson and Darnell, anyway. I'll say that. I mean, I, I prefer Benson and Darnell more because I was actually there. So. Yeah. All right. Move on. Okay. I oh, want me to pick a driver. All right, how about David Rudiman? Rudy Tootie. Rudy Tootie? Yes. I thought you were going to say Roto Rooter. My friend calls him Rooney after the band Rooney. Okay. I don't know if you remember Rooney. No. You know that tells me nothing, right? No, I just started uh, doing the tab of Sweet Home Alabama just to piss you off, which I know I, which, oh, good news for you. I connected my Alexa account to the, Good, she's not going to say anything. I connected my account to the dot, and if I say, Alexa, play Sweet Home Alabama, she's not going to play it. Good. Not good. No. What? No! Oh, 
Okay, I actually like this song. Mm-hmm. It's Simple Man by Shinedown. Alexa, what song is this? Yes, I think. Oh, it's like... Alexa, stop. Hmm. Uh, Shinedown covered Simple Man. All right, now you got to give me a driver. All right. If you say Bobby Allison, my nickname for him is Leonard Skinner. He's the most known driver from Alabama. True, but still. Are they from Alabama? Yeah. I thought they were from... Why uh, else would they be called the Alabama Gang? No, I'm talking about uh, Leonard Skinner. Okay, now that I don't know. Let's, well, let's use the Google oh, machine. Oh, goody. Scott Wimmer. Alaska boy. He doesn't talk Alaska like he's from... Alaska boy? He doesn't sound like he's from um, Wisconsin. He sounds like he's from Alaska. Okay. Really? Sweet Home... The, the band that sings Sweet Home Alabama is from Jacksonville, Florida. I thought it was Florida, but I couldn't say for sure. Why? They're, if they're from Florida, why is their most known song called Sweet Home Alabama? Shouldn't it be called Sweet Home Florida? Hold on, I'm going to look at something. Um, no, it's not that. Well, that's interesting. Wow. Hmm. I thought it was him, but I guess it wasn't. Because Leonard Skinner, believe it or not, is named after a gym teacher. Really? Who was the inspiration for it. So I thought it might have been him, but no, he's from Florida. Um, give, all right, is it my turn to give you a driver, or is it your turn to give me a driver? Oh, it's my turn to give you a driver. Um, Harvick. Hmm. I think I said this in one of my videos. Hold on a second. Do I have that? I thought I had that in one of my videos, didn't I? No? Wait, what are these? That's not it. 
Oh, I need to tell you something. So, there's this girl that I was talking to. She's from Indiana. And when I told her I was a Hendrick fan in NASCAR, and I was a Ganassi fan in IndyCar, and she told me she was a Penske fan, I told her, I don't like Penske. She immediately hated me. I said, the Penske drivers are assholes on Sunday. And then she blocks me on all forms of social media, huh? Just because I don't like Team Penske? <laughs> I mean, you and Caitlin are Penske fans. And you don't have me blocked on social media. Yeah, really. Do I have you blocked because yeah, you're unfortunately, Penske fans? No. No. Okay. So, my friends are debating this question. Go on. You know the question, Mary, and I'm going to ask it. Go ahead. I'm done with this conversation. Okay. Let's set up the backstory. So, Kate, from what I understand... <laughs> okay. I want Mary's perspective. Caitlin's tried to date Ryan Blaney. So, at the time, she was DMing... She just would ask these crazy would-you-rather questions. The question that she asked Blady on his podcast is, let's see if I can repeat it because it's crazy. Um, could you, uh, would you rather say it? No. By the way, Kevin Harvick's nickname is The Instigator. Okay, that's good. His wife wears the fire suit in the family, so that's probably not his fault. That was the best Joey Logano soundbite in history. You cannot top that. I'm sorry. You can't. I'm sorry, Logano fans. You cannot top that. That was during his shitty-ass Gibbs days. But anyway, so Caitlin, so Blady's just doing his podcast. They're doing their thing. And the other guy says, I'm not answering that. And then they are, they're like, you have to ask the question at hand. Oh, wow. This isn't a family show, but we have to keep it cordial. Then Blady says, I have to go with a bear on that. The question was, would you rather get a hand job from a bear or a blow job from a shark? Now, she continues to ask people that. Now, Johnny's reaction was he just laughed it off. Barb's reaction was she laughed it off. Caitlin told her grandmother this. Judy laughed it off. I'm not sure how John felt. But Debbie, jo Caitlin's Johnny was mortified that that Caitlin told, she told his my mom. mother. She told yeah. my mother. No, he thought it was yeah. funny. He thought it was funny. Now, Debbie, that's Caitlin's mom and Johnny's ex-wife. She said, "Caitlin, that is inappropriate." And Michaela's reaction was even funnier than Debbie's. Hers was just, Caitlin, why? That's very inappropriate. <laughs> now, based off Johnny's reaction versus Debbie's reaction, we can clearly see who was the cool parent. Now, my friends, now when Caitlin told me this story, she then asked me the question. And I said, can I get back to you on that? 
So when I was doing something with Carson, I asked him the question, did I know the cameras were rolling? No. I just said, hey, Carson, would you rather have a handjob from a bear or a blowjob? No, I said, hey, Carson, would you rather get a handjob from a bear or a blowjob from a shark? And the instant I say that, the instant I'm done asking the question, Carson goes, can the shark be toothless? And I, sa- and I looked at my camera guy, Bernie, the guy who operated my camera, Klaus operated Carson's, and, I, and the guy who operated the wide shot, his name was Donnie. So I look at Carson, and I look up first, I do this. Mary, you're not looking. This is what I did. I did this. For the purposes that the person who asked me that question did not specify, and, it, and the thing regarding that, and other things that I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said, but this is what I said. The person who told, who asked me the question did not ever specify whether the shark could be toothless or not. So for the purposes that I don't know, and the purposes that I'm going to tell her this, for this moment, yes, the shark can be toothless. And I, and Carson still hasn't given me his answer yet. And my camera guy did this. <laughs> the funniest reaction was Jeff Striegel's. I didn't know the cameras were rolling and that our mics were on. And I, and Jeff goes, Alex, I want to ask you a question. I said, what do you need? Did you ask Carson if he'd rather get, have an active masturbation performed on him by a bear? Or get fellatiated by a shark. I I looked at him and I went, yeah. Jeff just rolled his eyes and went, what kind of question is that? And I said, Jeff, I'll tell you the story and uh, I'll tell you the story later. And so then I told him the story and he goes, hold it, wait a second. Johnny's daughter asked Ryan Blaney that? What? Yeah. I wonder if Dave knows. God, I hope not. Now let's... And then, during the Daytona 500, during the rain delay, I'm just playing poker with my friends, and I just... It's silent, because we had to mute the TV, because we don't really want to hear commercials. Or, 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 watch the, or watch last year's Daytona 500, because of Newman. That was the scariest wreck I've seen, and I swear I thought Newman was dead by the way LaJoy hit him. But anyway, Newman, um, so anyway, we're just playing poker, and I just asked the question. And then they go into a, and then they, then they go into a two-hour discussion, and, we, and they talk through the rest of the race. I didn't know Michael McDowell won until he was doing burnouts on the track. Hmm. I'm like, hold it. Hold the fuck up. Michael McDowell won the Daytona 500. Michael McDowell won the Daytona 500. <laughs> and then they stopped all the Sharker Bear talk. And then they then they then when we went home, everyone still talked about it. So we can see where that has gone now. I want to ask. I want to pass this along to you, Mary. Which do you think would be worse? 
What do you mean? Like, a hand job from a bear, I don't really see the claws getting involved. But a blow job from a shark, it depends on the type of shark. You do realize I literally don't care about this, do Right? I was just laughing at how you don't care. I just wanted to. I just wanted to know what how, your thoughts about this whole thing. This is something that's not my territory. I wouldn't be able to give you a legit answer, even if I wanted to. Well, what do you think w would be worse? I don't know what would be worse. That's not my type of thing. Now. I do understand if you pick bear, but I also understand, I'm ta not talking about you specifically, I'm talking about people. Go in the chat right now and answer the question, or leave a comment down below via the YouTube aspect. We want to know what your no answer is. No one is going to answer this, yes, Alex! Yes, they are. Would you rather get a hand job from a bear, or a blow job from a shark? Let and us know on Twitter! How and Johnny Benson start fighting over this? And then I'm mortified even more! I don't think they would. I think, listen, it's just two young kids just fucking around with each other. And then, and then there's more stuff regarding Caitlin and Blaney after that. Johnny apparently wanted to set up a meeting, but then Blaney didn't show up or something. And then Caitlin went to Europe, which she took very good pictures, by the way. Did you ever see yes. those pictures? Yeah, Caitlin's got I've seen one. The one with her around the Eiffel Tower. Have you seen the others? Because there are no. a lot. Oh, gosh. You'll have to ask her to send you some. You know what? Wearing this headset, I feel like a crew chief. Hey, uh, oh, I want you yeah. to bring your car in. We're going to get four tires on it. We're... All right, guys. You got to get that. Uh, work faster. Come on, guys. We got to get out there. Repair that damage. Get Give us some air bond over there. You're running about faster than everybody else. Revin, son, is racing. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you remember the Jeff Foxworthy thing about NASCAR? Yes. It got it was funny until they made fun of Jeff Gordon. Well, that wasn't on him. Someone in the audience called Jeff out. Yes, I know. What NASCAR driver does everybody hate? Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. Do you know why everybody hates Jeff Gordon? That's because Jeff Gordon Enunciate. No, he does not. That's Daryl Waltrip. And Dale Earnhardt to a degree. Name your favorite Dale Earnhardt moment, Mary. My favorite Dale Earnhardt moment. Senior. Mine is him winning the Daytona 500. Either that or him at Talladega in 2000. I'm going to go with 95 Bristol. Because it goes back to Chase Elliott and his walk and stun performance coming from the back to the front. But then he wrecked Kerry Labonte at the end of the race. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was a good finish. And failed to win as a result of it. That's the other reason. <laughs> well, I think it provided for a good finish. Yeah. 
Favorite Jeff Gordon moment? I know I'm going to regret this. Oh, no, it's not as bad as you think it is. It's 2011 Atlanta. Okay, that's a good moment. And there's a backstory to it. Petty and Yarborough. Huh? That's why it's, oh, no, Petty. Waltrip and Yarborough. Well, no, 2011 Atlanta, that finished with Jimmy Johnson, that race, there's a backstory yeah. to it. You see, my grandfather on my dad's side, he was a Gordon fan. Good for him. Oh, a couple weeks before that race, he passed away. And this was a very tumultuous time because literally later that week after the funeral was a hurricane that came by. And that entire trailer park where Grandma and Grandpa lived, and now Grandma's by herself, hers is the only one that gets any damage. And officials come by and immediately condemn the place. Because Grandma was not good at keeping up with that kind of thing. So my family was forced to take her in. And it was like that ever since until she passed away last year. Who was her driver? She didn't have one. Okay. But she knew Jeff Gordon because of her husband. So I believe it was a Monday. And... I want to say we were off for Labor Day, but I can't say for sure. It was something to that extent. No, it was and a Sunday. It was. A, it was about. It rained, but they were going to finish that race at night, almost. Okay. There was some sort of delay. I remember that. And then there's Gordon and Johnson, and back then Johnson was more hated because of his championship reign of terror. Oh, I so still were, hate Jimmy because of that. Jimmy is a Mickey champion. <laughs> Got more of the German championships than Kyle Bush. True. But anyway. Both of Bush's championships were Mickey championships. Johnson's seventh was a Mickey. His oh not his fourth was a Mickey. His fifth was a Mickey. And his second was a Mickey. Anyway. Oh six, so, oh eight, Grandma and thirteen were the ones he deserved. So Grandma is watching this race alongside me, who was off that day. And we were watching that race, and I wanted Gordon to win. Despite the fact that he's a mega baddie, I wanted him to win because of Grandpa. And he eventually did. That's the now, only time I rooted for Jeff Gordon his entire career. Where does, is Jimmy a mega baddie? Technically, no. Why? He's a baddie, but he's not a mega baddie. Chill. He is a mega baddie. Jeff isn't a mega baddie. <laughs> if Jimmy Johnson is a baddie and not a mega baddie, Johnny Benson would be a mega baddie. Oh, I don't want to hear this logic. Explain. Jimmy Johnson is a Mickey champion. Okay. If one of your championships is a Mickey championship, you are classified as a Mickey champion. Mm -hmm. Because of Jimmy's reign of terror, if you like that and don't like Johnny Benson, there's your logic. There's no logic to that! 
take a lick of sense. You were just okay. trying to round me up. Least favorite Johnny Benson moment. I think I know what you're. I think I know what you're gonna say. My least favorite Johnny Benson moment of all time. Yes. What classification are we talking here? Just because there's two moments that come to mind. Share them both. If you're asking about things that he did, it's 2003 Chicagoland. Yep. That if was the dumbest move he ever made in his entire career. <laughs> However, Mark Martin did get him back at, at Kansas. I will never understand to this day why Mark Martin dumped Johnny Benson at Kansas that day. Because of what he tried doing at Chicagoland. I honestly think that and that's... And who verified that? I, that's what I think based off what I've seen. Okay. Now, in terms of an overall aspect, anything and everything, whether he was the cause or not, my least favorite moment was 2009 Berlin. Do you have to talk about that? Because I was there. Well, here's the thing. I was in Virginia. It was literally my graduation week. Now, for those who don't remember, that week was the week where Red, Red Horse Racing, those clowns, decided to ditch Benson for sponsorship reasons and shut down his truck team that he was with that year. Meanwhile, they're keeping the vastly inferior TJ Bell, who also is unsponsored, because Red Horse doesn't know a damn thing about sponsorships. Oh, but we're going to bring in this other guy named Timothy Peters, who says he has sponsorships, but literally never has. He had K&N for one year, and that was it. That prioritizing Timothy Peters is the reason Red War shut down. Oh, but if that wasn't bad enough, it was before the Michigan weekend. Which I was Brilliant there idea, for. y'all. <laughs> Johnny's home race. got booed to death, right? <laughs> Who? What? And I bet Timothy got booed to death, right? I wasn't at the truck race. I was at the Berlin race. I went to the cup race okay. the next day when Mark Martin won. So, Which I was happy about. And then, Vic, yeah, and then Vapor Rub won in August. And I got hit with a hot dog that day. Some junior okay. fan anyway, noticed my Gordon stuff and threw a hot dog at me. That doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I was kind of mad about Vickers winning that race, but... I think a lot of people were. Oh, yeah, there were people booing him in my section, but a lot of people wanted Jim to win that race. But anyway, back to my I story. I did eventually see Jimmy win Michigan. Can I talk now? Yes. Okay, so anyway, back to what I was saying. I was not aware about the super modified stuff until the day after. Literally... It was when the coverage was about to start and Bill Weber did a shout out to Johnny sending him well wishes and stuff. Literally, no one else in the living room knew about this, not even me. And when Bill Weber said what he said, literally on the last pace left before green, everyone looks at me thinking I knew it. I didn't. 
And I didn't know anything else about that until later that night when the Speed Report was on. That's what Speed News eventually became later on. Speed Report. And they showed the footage and we all kind of flipped out. And Oh, you're looking for it, aren't you? You said I found it. You got your equipment ready to go. The voice of Chief Chad Canals. Before we go racing this afternoon, our best wishes to Johnny Benson involved in an accident last night at Berlin Raceway. Uh, we talked to the people from NASCAR. They've been in con- contact with Johnny's doctors. He does have some broken ribs and uh, perhaps some a damaged lung injury. But we understand he's doing a little bit better today. And Johnny, we hope you're watching and feeling better. And everybody here was asking about you and thanking, thinking about you today. So our best get well wishes to Johnny Benson. I heard damaged lung injury. I flipped. What'd you say? I didn't hear you. Yeah, the Parwin Bill said damaged lung injury. I flipped because I had immediately flashbacks to 2002 Daytona. Did you say lung or rib? Lung. Let me tell you something about having broken lungs. It hurts. It sucks. Yeah. After my accident, I had two sets of broken ribs. Oh, let's see. I had a concussion, broke both of my collarbones, had third-degree burns on my leg, and, of course, I had damaged lungs because of all the fire retardant spray I breathed in. I blacked out, like my ex would probably tell you. Um, Like I said, I broke both of my ribs. I think I might have had a vertebrae injury. I know um, I had uh, bleeding in my left side kidney. Um, I think it was my left side. I don't remember. I think it was left side kidney. Um, uh, my lungs were damaged. I think one of them collapsed. Um, I basically had to relearn how to walk because of the burns on my leg. I'm so shocked they did not. I did not have this leg amputated. Or. Or this one, because I had a burn right here. You can actually see the aftershocks of the burn on my, on my ankle. Um, as a result of all that, shaking. Mm-hmm. But I can, but I can still do everything. I can still go to the gym. I can still work out. I can still race. I could still play football. That was the thing. I can still play basketball. I can. St- but the biggest thing is I can still race. Mm-hmm. Now, in the event I talked to Johnny about my accident, which I think I told Caitlin about. Did I tell you? Did I tell Johnny about it? And as you know, my memory is bad. I don't think I told Johnny about the accident. He was intrigued to know about it, though. Really? I told him, yeah, you know, I, I told him I was the, I was there the day, you know, you know, uh, here's what I heard, okay? To my understanding, when I called Johnny, I scheduled the interview with him. Then I told Caitlin, oh, I got that interview scheduled with your dad. She said, yeah, he told me. I'm like, 
Oh God, what did he say? And she said, "Oh, nothing that you need to be aware of." I just, he just said that you booked an interview with him. I'm happy for you and all this other stuff. I said, I want to know, did he call her after the interview to say what I think he probably said? Okay. Here's what I think probably happened. Johnny called Caitlin after I called him. To my understanding, right after I hung up with him. All right? Okay. Because I texted Caitlin right after that. She didn't respond for another 25 minutes. I would assume it's because she was in class or something, you know, teaching or whatever. Because at the time she was still doing her what her least favorite job that she's ever done. Congratulations, Caitlin. You no longer have to teach stupid children. I no longer have to go to school with stupid children. I'm a broke college kid. Wait, I'm not a broke college kid. I actually have some money. Um, mm. Hey, I got free tuition this year. My school paid my tuition this year. They received a grant last year. But anyway, moving on. Um, Caitlin said, yeah, he told me. And he told her the day and the time. And I thought I said Wednesday. This was on um, Saturday or Sunday. I think it was during the, the race. I had I had told Caitlin about it, da-da-da-da-da. And I had... Um, and she said, well, he, think, he thought it was... Uh, he thought it was Tuesday. He said Tuesday. I thought it was Wednesday. So I'm like, oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. Stuff like that. But anyways. Um, that about wraps it up today. But because, but we've got one. Oh, I forgot to tell you something about this Dale Jr. diecast. This one's got Dale Jr.'s old signature on it. Okay. I don't know if you realize the D is different. Yeah. Well, that's probably this old the signature you remember. <laughs> he changed it in 2004. Me. We'll look at another Dale Jr. diecast. For the next four episodes, I'm going to have Dale Jr. diecast. Five episodes. Okay. No, four. Yeah. <laughs> I've got four more I want to show off, and I'm going to show them off each of the next episodes. I will do an, we'll do my second favorite Dale Jr. paint scheme next week, and then it's the Budweiser True Music Concert Series. Now let's get into our picks for the races this weekend, starting with IndyCar. I'm going to have to go with the guy who should have won the race uh, on Sunday at, in, at Nashville, Colton Herta. That's a good pick. And you can't pick the same people as me. I don't intend to. Good. Hmm. The way this year has been going... Based on everything that's happened, I'm honestly thinking it's going to be Dixon. Good choice, because you know that's my guy. All right, Xfinity. Oh, wait. We'll do the suck underdog pick. Who is going to be the underdog? My underdog pick is going to be, drumroll please, Sebastian Bourdais. No, I take it back. Romain Grosjean. 
Okay. But don't makes... count out Sebastian Bourdais. Exactly. Unless Marcus Erickson decides to run him over again. Who is your underdog? This one's going to surprise you a little bit. It's someone who was running decently until he crashed. I'm going to say Cody Ware. I am surprised if he's entered in the in the indie race. I I believe he is. Okay, if he is, if he is actually in, I believe seventh place at Nashville before he crashed out. Okay, if he is not in the indie race, who's your underdog? That one I don't know. Underdog. Well, if War if Ware's not in play, and I think he is anyway, the backup will be. I'm going to say Felix Rosenquist. Kiss Rosenquist. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Who is going to suck at the IMS Road Course for IndyCar? Jimmy. That's your pick? Is that your pick? Yeah. Different layout plus different car equals I don't see anything good happening with him. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Jimmy Johnson sucks in every Indy race he's going to be in, so I'm never going to pick Jimmy Johnson. So, But I am yeah, going to pick his teammate. Out. And this may shock people, Marcus Erickson. Who should have finished dead last in the previous race, but... All right, Xfinity, who is going to suck? Yeah, right, like I can pick these guys. Let me see if there's a initial setup on racing reference for them. Because I can go by that. I have my suck pick. Riley Herbs does not count. <laughs> I'm going to go with. I thought you were going to say him. No. This is going to be tough. He's won in a road course before. He's got an awesome looking paint scheme, but I just don't see him doing good. I'm going to go with Jeremy Clements. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey. Look at this guy, Jeremy Clements. Hey, freeze it right here. Hey, he's in the Boudreaux's butt face car. All right, all right, roll. Hey, he's hauling ass right here, baby, in that old butt mobile. Don't you remember that quote? That was on. That was Jimmy Spencer oh, that's on. That's uh, easy. Well, in that case, it's you. Next on. Um, hey. I'm not in the race. Not you. Who's who's your suck pick? I don't know how or why he's in this event, but if he's going to be in that low level of a ride, then IndyCar experience. I know who it is. NASCAR. I know who it is. Who is it? Sage Carum. Who is it? Yeah, you're right. Cam. Sage Cam. Yeah, he's driving for Jordan Anderson this weekend. That's apparently. not a bad pick. I'm going to, well, like I said, Jeremy Clements, my underdog is going to be, and this might surprise you a little bit, Kevin Harvick. 
<sighs> he's driving for BJ McLeod. Get over it. I know, but he's done substantially well driving for BJ McLeod this year. And I thought he was going to retire from the. I thought he was going to drive. I thought he was going to retire from the Xfinity Series after 2018. But no. Q and Kazakazi Games. He's not. He decides to run three events this year. Two, three events. Keep in mind, Tony Stewart was going to run this event last year before COVID. So I've heard. All right, who's your underdog? Let's see, the underdog. I don't know if I can qualify him as an underdog, but after all the things that has happened the past few events and all the things he's had to come back from, I could definitely, especially the last event, I'm going to say Michael Annette. Okay, here's your underdog. Isn't an underdog? It's going to. It's just a driver who wouldn't expect to do well that you think will do well. Like I said, my underdog. He finished third in Road America with a broken leg. That's as underdog as it gets. All right, who's your? All right, now it's time to pick the winner. Well. Ty Gibbs. That's literally the only pick you can have. <laughs> I'm still. Because at this point, who's going to stop him? True. I'm looking at the entry <laughs> list to see if he's in the race, though. Who? Is that like one of my best quotes? True. 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 And you got that from me as well. Did not. Okay, is he in this race? Oh my God! Look at all these names: Spencer Pumpelli, Ray Eversley. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Pumpelli's coming back. Who's who? The hell is Pumpelli? Pumpelli is the guy who lost his brakes driving the sixth car at uh, Road America. Okay. Uh, Mike Skeen, Max Pappas. Max Pappas is coming back. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. He's risen for Bobby Donner. Loris Eziman. Loris Eastman's going to. Loris Eastman's going to drive the 33 car. Yeah. Uh, If I'm right, he is. I think there's a couple of drivers from the NASCAR Euro Series that's in this. Yeah, there are a few. There are a few. Um, all right, who's your who is your pick to win? I just said it, Ty Gibbs. You can't pick the same as me. All right. Well, the only other person I can see winning if something happens to Ty Gibbs is Austin Cindric. That's not a bad pick. Now outside of the cup series. Who will suck? I gotta pull up my NASCAR reference here because we're going to a road course. All right. Oh yeah, the NASCAR Cup, the Cup race is going to be on a uh, big NBC. Yeah. All right. Okay. I hate to be hard on this guy. I hate to be hard on this team, but I just don't see it getting done. Bubba Wallace is going to suck at Indy. That's who I was going to 
pick because he's not a road course guy. Wait a minute. Let me see something. Did he get strong? Is that legit? That's legit. Okay. What? I mean, like, yeah, apparently Ty Dillon's team withdrew, so I can't pick him as a backup. And I don't want to cop out and say Josh Balicki. Yeah, I wouldn't go with Butlicker either. Well, since you picked Bubba Wallace, I'm going to say Ryan Priest. I can see that logic. Now it's time to the underdogs. Who is going to be the underdog at IMS? Well, he's done substantially well on road courses, not just this year, but in the past. He won his first stage on a road course, and he also has a celebrity owner. Daniel Suarez is my underdog for Indianapolis. That's a good pick. I don't know if you know that he is in this, but uh, we got a uh, guy who's done pretty well in the past on road courses in Cup. James Davidson. Now, Knight, is he even in this? I don't think he's in this. We're no, back James to two Davidson foreign drivers. Who cares huh? if we got two? We're back to two foreign drivers in Cup, Davidson and uh, Suarez. So long as Davidson's not in the field for this one, no. Davidson's not in the field? What? No. Yes, he is. Where? 15 car. Oh, the same car he's brother. been driving all year. He was in the 51 last week. He's well, the main driver of the 15, though. Okay. Anyway... We'll We'll talk more about Rickware Racing next week, about their plans to be more competitive. But anyway, who is your underdog? AJ Elmendinger. Oh, he's in this race? Yeah. He is. He's driving for Colin. That's a good pick. <laughs> now it's on to who is going to win at Indianapolis? Well, Chase Elliott's too easy of a pick. Kyle Larson is a little too easy of a pick. I'm not even going to pick a Chevy. I'm All going right. to pick a Ford driver. He's going to pull a Ty Gibbs. He's going to be. He's going to win when he's not even a full time full time driver in the Cup Series. Austin Sindrick. I'll die laughing. <laughs> hmm. He almost won Road America. I don't like that little um, shit, but... Good question. Well, if we're not allowed to pick Larson or Chase... That's a good question.
going through the field here, if we're not picking Larson or Elliott, which driver could win on the Indy Road Course in Cup? That's a very good question. I had not planned for that because originally I was going to pick Larson because Larson wins low. You want to go for an upset, set, upset special? I'll do one of my own. I can see where this is going. That can mean anything. Well, if this driver wins, he also would become a first-time winner. And it would shake up the points a little bit. So my non-Larson-Elliott pick is going to be Chase Briscoe. That's who I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Another one of Jason Jacoby's puppets. By the way, y'all, Jason Jacoby is out of jail. Watch out for him. He was at the Atlanta race. Watch out. Wasn't hopefully that earlier he, this year? Yes, but hopefully Jason goes back behind bars. My, I'm hoping and praying he... Now, let's actually get this out of the way. I wanted to bring this up last week, but I didn't want to tarnish the Lyndon Amick interview. Jason Jacoby is no longer a free man. We have to understand that. Jason has lost his freedom. He's lost his right to post shit on the internet. What we need now is for Jason to have all of his internet access removed. Not have one of these... He could have a cell phone, but it would have to be where he could just call and text. Unfortunately, they, they don't make those anymore. Someone should just get him a yes, I do. phone. But anyway, I think Jason's eventually going to either end up in jail, and if he ends up in jail, he is, he is I'd say there's a 10, there's a 20% chance he ends up dead because whether that's by his own, 5% by his own hand, 15% by someone else's hand. And the remaining 80% goes to what? He serves his time in jail, but does not go home. He goes straight to a mental facility and spends the rest of his life in a mental hospital. Yeah. Have you ever seen Batman and Robin? No. Have you ever seen Batman Forever? At the end of... Okay, I'm going to kind of spoil it here. At the end of Batman Forever, the Riddler, played by Jim Carrey, is shown in Arkham Asylum. That's where they lock all the Batman villains. Jason will have... I'm not saying Jason's going to go into an asylum, but he's going to be in an asylum-esque type of place where he has no access to TV, no access to internet. Like, I feel like Jason is... Because do you remember how Jason was back in September? Yes. That is how I see him being in jail. He's going around, because, like, how would you describe the way Jason was back in September? To me, it looks like from his perspective, he was desperate for freedom away from his parents. Because that was during the time where 
he was trying to do things without his parents knowing. I could see that. Because don't you remember he said he went snooping around. He admitted to snooping around in the house and found a computer and a webcam and hooked it up and turned it on and started doing shit. Yeah. And then 12 minutes after his last video, his parents found it and forced him to take the stuff down. Ha 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 in your face, loser. But what do you think needs to happen to Jason? I think he needs to serve his 20 years in jail, but spend the rest of his life in a, in a mental hospital. More specifically, he must be confined to Laurelwood. Why? Because he hated it there. And for what he did to Mackenzie, he just, him spending the rest of his life in Laurelwood after his jail sentence would be the justice Mackenzie deserves. I still believe that the only way that would work is it would have to be a place other than Laurelwood. Now, you can request that you go to a mental hospital that he can say, well, I don't want to go back to Laurelwood. Well, he can request that. And I honestly think his some of this might actually fall on his mom because yeah. she's his primary caregiver. If Jason gets punished, I think his mom needs to serve some punishment, too, because she failed in protecting him, and she failed in stopping him from going online and posting the rant videos that she did, that he did. Yeah, and Jason also feels like his family is a huge part of his problems. And they are, just not the way he thinks they are. He thinks they're a big part of his problems, because they sent him to school with bullies, didn't give him a racing career, and treated him harshly from his eyes. No, that's just him. That's just them disciplining him and telling him to be real. Now he hate. I found out why he hates Joni Axon so much, and didn't want and wants Joni Axon killed. Because Joni Axon is the first person to ever tell his parents that there might be something mentally wrong with him. I feel like Jason knows there's something wrong with him, but he's too narcissistic to say that he that there is. It's either that, like my ex, or I think it, Jason. It's the same case with my ex girlfriend that you know very, that you know all about. It's one of two things. Number one, he's too narcissistic to say anything, and he's too narcissistic to admit that he's got a problem, or. He legit, or he's so schizophrenic he doesn't think anything's wrong, and he takes things that he wishes was his reality. This is more the case with Jason. The first one's more the case with my ex. This is what I think is more the case with Jason, and, and less so with my ex, but still applies to my ex. She's so, they're so schizophrenic, they want, they want what people tell them to be their reality, that they convince that their mental illness kicks in and Boom, it's their reality. That could yeah. be... But Jason Jacoby's no longer a free man. I heard he doesn't live with his mom anymore. And now people were giving me crap on the old Destroyer H6 channel when I showed up what his address was. Listen, yes, I said it. Yes, I publicized his address because he publicized stuff about my ex. 
that I don't want and another girl that I don't want public. But here's the thing. That's public information. Jason, that is on the arrest record. When Austin Aganowski showed it up on his Dear Sim Racing Debs video. There's nothing wrong with that. That's public information. Now his new address is public. Even if he does move on on his own, he's not free. He, Jason's the type of person that can't live on his own. Yeah. Jason has lost his freedom, even if he did live in a house on his own. He's still not free. He's still under the watchful... He's still under the watchful eyes of the law. Because as someone who grew up watching Jason Jacoby, Joseph Lombard, um, try to think who else, Real Radman, still watch Real Radman, Winvow8820, like those four guys were some of my favorite YouTubers. Boom, we find out Lombard's a pedophile. We find out Jacoby has exhibited behavior similar to my ex-girlfriend. However, however, all the stuff that Jacoby did, like the scamming for money and memorabilia and stuff, and the physical abuse, I wasn't physically abused. I was emotionally abused, as you know. And you've, and you've seen the aftershocks of that. Yes. The... Hang on. The the aftershocks of what happened to me is are going to live with me for a long time. My friend told me more than likely when I find a stable relationship. But with Jason, that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Jason needs to accept the fact that he was not a NASCAR driver, that his plan to go to NASCAR was unrealistic, and his um dreams are not are just simply not real. What do you hope happens to Jason? Because you said to me, he needs some form of punishment. And he also needs some form of help. There is a way that he, but he needs the punishment more than he needs the help. I feel like the punishment could be, he goes to jail, but he sees a psychiatrist. And then when he, and then when he's done, he's sent to a mental hospital for, for mental health, for care. Yeah, I think he's going to be in a mental hospital regardless. That's Tell the, only the viewers way I see what... Now, you had a recent run-in with Jason. Tell the viewers and listeners about that. Well, during all of these different things that have been going on the past year, everyone was... Reaching out against Jason, saying, oh, you're this crazy person, you should get help, and all that kind of stuff. And Jason was so raged out about the way that is, all he does is lash out against people. And slander people. I tried... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I tried to do it from a different perspective. Try to convince him to get help, but be nice and polite about it, so maybe I could influence him and trick him into getting help. And there were a few occasions where I said something and he tried going for it. Like I tried to convince him to become a 
physical fitness instructor instead of trying to pursue <laughs> NASCAR trainer. Jason's not. Jason would be the worst person to go to for that. Come on. And I know very. I know damn well. He literally did a video discussing workouts after that, <laughs> saying that I influenced him to give him that idea. Move on. But, yeah, within all that, I got him to open up a little bit, and he did reveal some things. Like, the reason he lashes out against mental illness claims and all that stuff for so long is because he thinks they are stigmas. They're not stigmas. Yes, but someone with his problems and perspective won't see it the same way that people like you do. Someone who's experienced someone with mental health ailments and, you know, you know, I, I, I know Jason's got no less than four different things, I think. No, three, three. It reminds me of a conversation I had one time. And this is the plan I really wish worked but it didn't. And that's when I try to convince him to go to a mental hospital willingly to prove to the haters that he was not mentally ill and all that stuff by having someone observe him and show that he's not mentally ill and all that kind of stuff. But he and is. that way he gets the help he needs, but he doesn't know that that was the actual plan. But he never went for that. You got to understand that I, I do think Jason does has, have a little bit of narcissism in him because he does think that he's owed an NASCAR ride by Dale Jr. Yeah. He's not owed anything. What he is owed is a long time in jail. But tell, them, tell the people about your recent encounter with Jason. That's Mary setting the scene. Okay. The most recent thing that happened. Ostag and Oski and Mackenzie are aware of this, by the way, people. Oh, you mean that. Okay. So initially I was not made aware that he was let out of jail. And I don't think he knows that I... Because I don't think he knows that I know. Because what actually happened is, it was a little while back, he had sent me an email basically trying to reconnect and talk about different things, about why he's not doing YouTube and that kind of stuff. He sent two different emails, but one was just an updated version of the other. I did not respond because I did not know how to proceed from there because A, it's been too long. B, I did not want to interrupt the case in any way, shape, or form. That's when I asked everybody else if I should proceed with this, and every single person involved said no. So I have not done anything with that ever since. And I'm creating the illusion to Jason that I have not seen the email. What you should do is create the illusion that, hey, Jason, I hate you, and I don't want to talk to you. Well, you don't hate him. Everyone hates him. Except that bitch Davina. But anyway, Jason was let out on a $10,000 bond. Now, here's what, here's what I know of right now. 
Jason made an insanity plea. And he failed. He lost it. He was found competent to stand trial. Now, that did shock me because I know he doesn't want to go to jail. This is reminding me of that episode of Steve Wilkos where that guy kept saying he wanted to fa- He felt like he was going to faint and he needed water. And Steve was going to do all he could to get those lie detector results read. But anyways... Jason was let out on a tenth. Jason was able to schedule another bond hearing. For and listen, all this is public. I hope you all realize that this is all public. Yeah. It's just not known what. This is all in a Georgia. Here's how you. This is how I know this stuff. I went online. I searched the Georgia case files. You search. Go to the case lookups. Type in Jacoby. Click on all, and then click submit everything pops up. You'll see everything. You'll see his plea of insanity. You'll see the leave stuff. You'll see his bond information. You'll see his orders. You'll see everything. Some of it you have to pay to see, but a lot of it you don't. Uh, It just has that big watermark on it. But anyways, um, yeah, Jason is now officially out of jail. Watch out, people. But I don't... And he is not allowed to post on the internet. He's not allowed to post on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. However, I want to know if he's allowed to post on his blog. Now that I don't know, because it's not specified as social media because he's not interacting with people. He's kind of interacting with people. I mean, there's an option for the Facebook comments. Which I don't think any of those have any. I think he shouldn't be allowed to post on anything in general. Say something. Say something interesting. Yeah, I'm not seeing people. anything. I'm seeing zero comments on on all of them. Hmm? Nothing. I was gonna tell you to say something awesome, or no, say something funny, cool, whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's all I wanted to get through today. So how about you? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, there is one more thing that I want to talk about because this this was something funny that actually happened uh, on Wednesday. Okay. And you're aware of this because I know for a fact you were in the chat for it. Okay. So our buddies at the NASCAR Weekly Podcast had an interview. Yes, I know where this is going. (laughs) There was an interview with someone Alex is very familiar with. I don't know how they managed to do this, but they managed to interview Carson Hosevar. Yes, they did. And I don't think you were aware of my plan for that particular interview. You didn't tell me. No, I didn't. You see, what happened was, is on the previous episode of their show, they had the option for people to leave comments in the YouTube video, which was on Danny's channel. So I decided to be a little bit cute, because I did not know if they were going to discuss a particular person or not. And I, I did not know how many of the boys knew about this. 
So I decided to be a little bit cute and submit a question of my own. And the fact that Danny hearted the question told me, okay, they're asking this. I'm going to enjoy this. So what happened was is that the way I left the comment was a little bit funny. Because the way I worded it, I was trying to get Darian to laugh. When you try and to get Darian to laugh, you end up getting me to laugh. <laughs> and when no, you try to get me to laugh, you get me to cringe. Well, if you, I'm looking for the clip now, but if you can find it. <laughs> I don't have any, I've. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. It's an automatic response thing. Um, okay. <laughs> but anyway. If I can find the actual episode, it was the Wednesday episode. It's on Eric's channel. Yeah, it's Eric Step's channel. E Step. God, say shit right. I did. No, you said S Step. S Step? No, it's S Step. E Step. <laughs> that is totally not the right website. What happened there? But anyway, it was the previous episode. <laughs> so I decided to have a little fun with them. Let me just do it this way. Because I could just access Danny's channel from here. And because there were a few people who had left comments and stuff. And most of them were right around the same. There were a few questions. I, of course, someone asked that question, of course. They asked the George Russell cousin question. That's weird. So. I should have asked the shark or bear question. Stop. Oh, wait. Every time that happens, Carson just. Carson knows a smart comment's coming every time I ask him that. <laughs> so, here's what happened. This was the previous week. So I found out that the podcast was going to have Carson on it says, I wonder how many of them know about his connection to Johnny. So I decided to be cute and ask the question. So this is how I worded it. Carson, how much have you enjoyed having multi-time NASCAR champion Johnny Benson as your mentor? How has his vast knowledge and experience helped you improve? And what do you believe is the biggest lesson he has taught you in your career so far? Now, the way I worded it, my intent was to get Darigan to laugh, but Eric's the one who laughed instead. And I also love the fact that when Jared, the iceberg, because <laughs> they actually had my question go first, they actually gave Carson the disclaimer that I'm a huge Johnny Benson fan. Oh, I've told him about you. <laughs> they know who I am, trust me. <laughs> no, I've told Carson about you a lot. <laughs> I was wearing, last time I seen him, I was wearing a Benson shirt, and he's like, oh, I like the shirt. I'm like, oh, I, I just put this on today. I didn't even know it was a Benson shirt. It was the Michigan shirt from <laughs> 06. And I just put a random hat on. It was a Cubs hat. But, um... Yeah, I think only Carson people... hates the Cubs. Car Carson is like my dad. He's a Detroit sports aficionado. He's like, and I was texting you, mm -hmm. and he's like, 
and I, he's like, who's the, who's this Mary person? He said your last name. I said, oh, that's Ultimate Twenty Three Dragon. She's a YouTuber. He's like, oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah, I heard, uh, I've heard about her channel and stuff like that. He knows about your channel, and then uh, I'm like, yeah, she's a big Johnny Benson fan. He's like, oh, I've been aware. Trust me. <laughs> and he said, you've told me no less than five times since I found that out. Oh God. I wonder how many people, especially your generation, knows who Johnny Benson is strictly because of me. Well, they mostly know that. who Johnny Benson is because of, honestly, one of three things. NASCAR Thunder 2004. <laughs> the Truck Series. Yeah. And you. <laughs> now, the Truck Series is what made me a fan of him. Now, you could probably yes. say, well, why is Johnny Benson your all-time favorite driver in the Truck Series? Well, I get Johnny raced in Xfinity. I get Johnny won a champ. I get Johnny was an Xfinity champion. I get he was a cup winner. But I was not alive to see that. Well, I was alive to see Benson racing cup because when i got into it he was still driving the valvoline number 10 car he was still driving the valvoline pontiac number 10 which still is one of my which 2001 valvoline car is still one of my all-time favorite valvoline cars i don't know what my all-time favorite valvoline car is it's probably a mark martin car granted johnny johnny's paint schemes were really good i do like scott riggs valvoline paint schemes from when he was with everham like, Rick's paint schemes were very patriotic, and I liked those. I didn't really like Riggs. Not because he replaced Johnny, but because Riggs just had no talent. And really, that's not a wise decision. Here you are taking a Bush Series champion, a Cup Series winner, who gave your organization their first win for a driver who could barely win in the Bush Series, huh? Well, he did win in the Nestle in the Nestle Nesquik. Fuck that burp. He did win in the Nestle Nesquik car, but but yeah, three people asked questions to him in the comment sector, and mine was one of them. <laughs> and. The funny part, the funny part, this goes back to one of those things that I'm learning in 2021 that Johnny Benson is full of surprises. Carson said that Johnny is teaching Carson's dad the business side of the sport now. I did Johnny, not know this. Listen, when I talked to Johnny, I told him I'm a driver, and Johnny goes, well, I hope you have the business side of it down. You better know that it's the business side. He said, if you need any help with that, I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm getting help with from so many NASCAR drivers. Hank Parker Jr., Lyndon Amick, Johnny Benson. Three guys in the NASCAR dozen. Yours. <laughs> Benson's number four. Amick's number seven. Parker's number nine. Name other... Name... Five other drivers in the NASC in my NASCAR dozen. 
Jeff, Chase, Dale. I think you said Harrison Burton. Yes. Uh, who's the other? He drove a cursed ride. Oh, that could be anything. Uh, let's see. I don't think you said Leffler. I don't think you said Mears. I don't think it's Mike Wallace. Uh, let's see. It's not Grub. It's not Green. You already said it. It's David Green? It. No, you said it. It's not David Green. But you did say it. Mears? Nope. Leffler? Yep. Really? Yep. I was not made aware of that. <laughs> I've been a Leffler fan since I was like four. Well, no, since he was driving the FedEx car. That FedEx car made me a fan of Leffler. Why do you think the majority of my Leffler stuff is from when he was driving the FedEx car? Okay. I just need to get his the FedEx diecast. Anyway... Um, yeah, so how does Harrison Burton go from being, how, how did Harrison Burton become my all-time favorite Xfinity driver, even though he's going to Cup next year? Harrison Burton is just, he's just straight up, I like him as a person, I like him as a driver, he's fast, he knows what he's doing, and he'll listen to what you have to say if you tell him something. Now, we take, but I do want to make another point here before we end off today, and I want to leave on this note. When we talk about the Rich Bickle, Carson Hosevar incident, I really, if this goes for everybody, you really need to see the kids that I mentor at Little Kalamazoo. Carson does the same thing. You know, we, we literally have argued over um, of, of the kids we mentor. There's this one girl that she's really good at racing. I'm not going to use her name to protect her privacy because she's only five. No, she's not five. She's, yeah, she's five. I I mentor five-year-old kids, like five to nine-year-olds. These are, these five-year. I've got three five-year-olds, and oh my <laughs> god, you should see them in those quarter midgets. Who else started racing quarter midgets when he was five years old? I know the answer to this one. Because I heard what Ken Squire said in the 1990 Hey Coca-Cola 600. How many times did Jeff win that race? Oh my gosh, this is dusty. God. The Coke 600? Let me think. This is a 118 scale diecast of Jeff Gordon's 2006 car made by Winter Circle. This thing is ginormous. I remember going over. This I used to be my cousin. Twice? It may be three. I think it's three. I'm trying to remember what other year he wouldn't have won it. He won 94. He won Clearly. 98. Huh? Clearly, he won 94. Oh, yeah, that was his first win. And I also have one of Dale Jr. Because Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon. Are my cousin's top two guys. Cute. However, it's the other way around. Oh. Jeff's my number one. Junior's hit. Junior's my number two. Junior's his 
number one. Jeff is his number two. Yeah, look how big this thing is, though. Look how big this thing is, though. Unless this, well, you can't really hear the sound that it makes because I've got my headset plugged in. But you got just look at how huge this thing is. Yeah. Let's take out this. Let's take out this one to compare. Yeah, I mean, wow. And this thing, I think, is actually a little bit. Look how this is a one twenty four scale compared to a one eighteen scale. Wow. All right, I found the moment in the podcast, by the way. <laughs> uh, feel free to play it. All right. If it's too loud, just let me know. I mean, I only have one headphone, so I can barely hear anything. All right. I'm mainly wearing it for the for the microphone because the microphone on my laptop sucks. Interesting. So, Jared, uh, who's the first one we got up? Uh, so, the first one is from Ultimate 23 Dragon. Now, she's a huge Johnny Benson fan, so you can kind of see where this is going to lead to. Um, but she says, Carson, how have you enjoyed having multi time NASCAR champion Johnny Benson as your mentor? How has his knowledge and experience helped you improve? And what do you believe is the biggest lesson he's taught you in your career so far? Uh, I mean, it's been, been huge, you know, learning from him. I, I always make the joke that. He taught me how to how to race and you know working to the truck series he's he's now teaching my dad the business side of it you know he taught me to race and now teaching the business side of it how to talk with teams and, and talk with manufacturers and, and work on that deal but uh, you know he's been through it all he's, he's been from all the way to the top back to trucks you know he's, he's done it all and he knows hey he skipped, he skipped that know, brief time he was in xfinity what he would have done different in his career in the past so just knowing what uh, you know, what he would have done different, stuff to watch out for. You know, it's oh, it's, it's like Wall Street in North Carolina. You know, everybody's out, uh, out to get one another to, to try and get a one up on each other, and uh, it's cutthroat around here. So you gotta you gotta watch your back a lot. <laughs> Carson, here's what Carson sent me. Holy shit! Send me a photo, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to what you just said. Carson's the same age as you, right? He is three months younger? Three and a half months younger. So he would not have a clue about anything regarding Johnny's time in the Xfinity series. No, the that 04. Like the 90s. No, I'm talking about 04. Oh, you mean that. No, that, that was kind of different. <laughs> See, I remember watching Johnny's last cup race. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the ticker was going on. I'm like, Johnny Benson's in the 36 car? I thought, he, when Johnny said he was dry, that Kenny Wallace drove the 36 car at Berlin, I thought about saying, well, you drove the 36 car in the Cup Series. Okay, so Carson, Carson just texted. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what happened? Okay, so Carson just texted me, holy shit, send a photo, damn it. <laughs> of what? Uh, just something I'm working on. Oh. It was something I got in the mail that I thought Carson would like. Not related to Johnny. 
when Carson and I were little, he was a junior fan. I was a Jeff fan. And I always had more junior stuff than Carson. But Carson was allowed to wear the NASCAR. I was not allowed to wear NASCAR shirts or NASCAR hats when I was little. Mm. Like out in public. I was not allowed to. Because it looks redneck and trailer trash. I'll send Carson that picture in just a little bit, but <laughs> I, I I texted him back. Hang on. <laughs> I just texted him, told him we're doing the podcast. <laughs> Oh, he's and right away he messaged you back. Tell your friend I say hi. Oh, hi Carson. <laughs> Thanks for answering my question on the podcast the other day. Tell your friend I no problem. Him that on Twitter as well. <laughs> Tell your friend no problem is what he says. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, she probably is a really big Benson fan, considering." And the fact that you told me about her several times. I, I did put in a good with, word with Johnny and with Carson about you. <laughs> I think, Johnny Carson. Oh, funny. Someone Johnny, on Reddit made the joke Carson. the other day. My cousin's name is also Johnny. Yeah. Not the one who's a big NASCAR fan. He's... How old is Johnny now? Johnny's going to be 12 this year. Oh, my gosh. I remember when he was a little. I remember when he was little. Man. My dad's cousin now has six kids. Oh. And Johnny is the oldest. They moved back to Michigan a few years ago. They're from Baltimore. Anyways, um, I guess that's it for today. Is it? Okay. Um, until we meet yeah, again. Yeah, I think we're done for the day. Okay. Uh, until we meet again, stay golden. Thank you, everyone, for watching. This is Ultimate 23 Dragon. That's my final answer.